Microsoft Connection. It's Wednesday here, but you're listening on Friday, and you know what that means. It's time for the AEW podcast. My name is Jordan Duncan. Uh, with me as always, or is he? Is this a worker? Is it a shoot? He is the second highest draw minute for minute on the North-South Connection Network, and he's been throwing some fits. There's pictures of booked flights to Baton Rouge, New Orleans, every city in New- every city in Louisiana just to throw us off the scent. Andrew, are you here? I I am here in spirit. Okay. <laughs> Andrew Reese is in the house. All uh, right. No, I, I I can't. We're gonna have to flip the roles in this situation because uh, MJF called Tony Khan a stat guy. <laughs> yeah. And that's my job. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> yeah, it really is. Like uh, we have like a a running note sheet for our show. Uh, and Andrew's got like every ratings breakdown, not just of since we've been doing it. I think it goes all the way back to the beginning of Dynamite, right? Yeah. Um. I had actually what I did is is to uh, to you know open the curtain. I had kind of tight. I had written it all down since the advent of Dynamite. Yeah. I kept track of it during the Wednesday Night War. I mean, I don't know if you were excited about the Wednesday Night War, but I did get that rekindling of like, huh, this is different. Yeah. We this isn't like when Impact went to Monday Night and just got well, an ass whipping for a month. And NXT was a lot better then too. Yes, it was. So when it went to USA, like it was good. Yeah. Black and gold was good, and so I was excited about it. Then you get into that doom scrolling like spiral death that was quarantine, and you have a whole <laughs> lot of time on your hands. So right. I was writing a lot of stuff freehand, and I got to a point where I was like, you know, maybe typing it out will be easier once we started doing the show, right. and maybe I'll put it on a document and save it. Now the document is basically turned into our AEW Bible. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so we are doing something a little different tonight. Normally we tape on Tuesdays and our show drops on Fridays, but given all this MJF, CM Punk, is it a work, is the shoot stuff, we wanted to not drop an episode without having, without having a dynamite in our blind spot. So we are taping on a Wednesday live as dynamite airs. In fact, right now the battle royal for the interim, uh, AEW Championship. Well, the winner will face Moxley and then the winner of that will have to go to Forbidden. Yeah, there's, there's a whole lot of information. (laughs) Uh, but our battle royal is happening right now. We got Darby Allen and Lance Archer, uh, in the ring. Uh, I don't really think either of them win this one. I mean, they they didn't even announce who was in the battle royal. Like, uh, I mean, it was, it was a little hodgepodge to like, try to figure out how they were going to put this together. There was a, there was so much confusion that once they finally actually ironed it out, they had to put out a press release. I, I didn't know if I was watching the main event of dynamite or a, an illegal dissertation from the January 6th committee. Like, <laughs> it was either or. Well, if it was on Fox News, it was not had nothing to do with January 6th. So. Oh, don't worry. Fox News ain't talking about January 6th. Yeah, right. <laughs> so, I mean, as this battle royal happens, I mean, I, the thing about being a bi-weekly show is we're sometimes late to the game. I mean, everybody who's listening to this show knows by now the situation with MJF before Double or Nothing. Like, was it a work? Did he really want to leave? Then he came and cut that promo a 10-minute promo on TV kind of lends to believe. The greatest believe. promo in Dynamite's history, yeah, probably. But that lends to believe that it's an angle, uh, whether it's always been an angle or if they worked it into one. We don't know. And then, by happenstance, CM Punk got injured and had to not necessarily... He offered to forfeit the title, but he's not forfeiting, but they're crowning an interim champion right now. So, we'll catch up yeah. on all that. We're kind of just... Uh, yeah, we'll get there. Yeah, we're just kind of shooting the breeze while this Battle Royal happens. And once the Battle Royal winner... Um, mm-hmm is determined i think we'll have a little clearer picture but uh 
Thoughts on Double or Nothing? Um, I think it just ended. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's apropos to call it because it was twice as long as I thought it was going to be. Yeah, it was a know? long show. I mean, yeah. you texted yeah. me before and you said, here's my predictions. It felt long before the show even happened. And that was the most <laughs> Nostradamus prediction I think anyone's ever made. <laughs> um, <laughs> the... Um... You know, everyone makes this joke about the WrestleMania in 2016 that was in Dallas. I know they had another WrestleMania there that was two nights, but they had one in 2016, uh, number 32, I think oh, I want to yeah. say. The Shane and Baker every- match. Oh. Yeah, and everybody makes that joke. Oh, it was so long. I think WrestleMania 32 is finally over, and it was like 2017. And here's the thing. Like, we've had long shows. Like, I right. remember some WCW pay-per-views. Like, back in, like, the early 90s where it felt like it, like, man, it felt like it went on for hours. Maybe it didn't. But here's the point. Like, we've had WrestleManias after that um, in (laughs) 2016 that went on for a long, like a marathon, like a festival where, you know, there's just a whole lot. I went to one in New Orleans. And the truth is, Jordan, and I think AEW has finally... And I don't say that in a bad manner. It's just true. They finally fallen onto the in, under this trap of like, got to get everybody have, on the show, putting it everybody on, having a format where you have enough free time so you buy an extra hour. It was prompted by the fact that it just so happened that because the Heat had won Game Six on a Friday, yeah. Game Seven was going to be on at the same time, and Tony being very hyper aware that the same young male eighteen to forty nine crew uh, audience was going to probably watch Game Seven between the Celtics and the Heat, the Celtics won. That they wanted to try to book it out, like stretch it out, stretch for time. See, I have a so big that, problem with that. Yeah, I, and that's the problem. It felt long. Well, my like, problem. My this problem is the first too AEW is where it felt yeah, long. My problem too is it's a pay per view. It's not a TV show. So like, if someone's watching Double or Nothing, they you got their money already, Tony. Like to to counter book uh, what you're up against when you're you're running a pay per view. People had to pay mm-hmm. money to watch this show, and I, I I understand if it was a Dynamite one because like Dynamite tonight is up against Game Three of the NBA Finals. I get that, and maybe you want mm-hmm. something big at the nine o'clock. Hell, Hell in a Cell was up against. Uh, uh, game, game, game one two. or game two. The yeah. difference is that is a quote premium live event with very specific time blocks off of Peacock. Yeah. yeah. So you have hard outs. This yeah. one they decided to buy an extra hour. Yeah. So I, it went from four hour extravaganza to a five hour. What the fuck? Yeah, I think it's just know? a big case of overthinking. Uh, you know, really. I agree. So, uh, but yeah, uh, quick update on this battle royal. Uh, it's it's like your usual AEW battle royals, or it's going to be a joker. Uh, I think a lot of people are expecting MJF. Uh, that was my initial thought to you when we were texting back and forth. I said MJF's winning this interim title. Uh, we're going to get the summer of MJF. And that might still happen, but he might not win this. We were actually talking about that earlier today. Like scenarios of MJF doesn't win the Battle Royal. Uh, we thought maybe Hangman Page. Um, it's interesting. You know, it's it's yeah. definitely interesting. Whether, you know, the Punk thing seems to be a legitimate injury, but... Man, yeah, he it, broke his. But, I think he broke his foot. But man, does it work well with this story that they're going with right now, doesn't it? <laughs> it works out well. Now, listen, like it was telegraphed a little bit. I had predicted that Punk would win the title off of Hangman. It was a fantastic match. Yeah. Like, I will say this though. Like, we when we talked about CM Punk and MJF's uh, match at Revolution, the last time we reviewed a pay per view, um, we talked about how execution isn't – it's not always about execution. Right. Like if you don't hit all the right notes perfectly, 
it doesn't mean that it was like a bad match. Sometimes it's about the story. Mm-hmm. For Punk and Hangman, I did have a problem with the execution, and I know like the fall down on the buckshot, Punk falling down on the bu- the bunk sh- the buckshot attempts. But there were other things that Punk had done where it just seemed a little off. Maybe he was injured and nobody was letting on at the time. Maybe it was just a bad day at the office. But I did think the story was fantastic, and I think that's what made up for it. I I think that's what made the main event great, still, right. despite the, the errors. Yeah. So uh, if you're listening, this is episode 20, by the way. So we made it to 20 episodes, bro. Not bad, huh? Where it all begins yeah. again. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Takeshita is in the Battle Royal with Johnny Hungy. Uh, Takeshita, man, left off the pay-per-view. Maybe the only guy in the roster that didn't have a match on this is, show. Is Takeshita twice as tall as John Silver? Yeah, he said John Silver's like a big <laughs> But, um, yeah, so it it's going to be an interesting episode because we're kind of like a, doing a live watch slash review of what's been going on. And I feel like it's mm. going to be a lot, but, I mean, that's what AEW is, is a lot, you know? <laughs> a lot yeah, I mean, we're watching this Dynamite. I got to say, though, Last week's Dynamite oh, yeah. packed a punch in the first hour. You talked about the MJF promo. Mm-hmm. It started with a, um, a the, tag match the where... The six-man, yeah. The six-man. Um, I don't know if that was the match where Punk broke his foot. I don't know if it was before that. Um, I don't want to, like... Uh, I don't want to speculate too much about something I don't know. But uh, it was a six-man where it was FTR and CM Punk against uh, Max Caster and the Gun Club? Or... Yep. Is yep. that what it was? Okay. Yep. Yeah, and it was it was solid. And then there was a tease of uh, talking about Forbidden Door, who's my opponent. It was yep. a little bit of a sloppy promo. Yep. CMFTR, and, he called the the group, which I think is a cool little name. And FTR, like, tried to call out Dave Finley, and he doesn't show up. It was just really, like, out of place. <laughs> very weird. Yeah. And uh, all of a sudden, here comes Hiroshi Tanahashi. Now, mm-hmm. Tanahashi had teased a match against John Moxley via, um, like, virtual uh, when quarantine was still going on, and they were teasing the idea that they might wrestle for the New Japan North American title, but I don't think it ever happened. But here, here yeah, comes the ace. Here comes the ace in the flesh, and yeah. it's like, okay, here we go. This is, I guess, this is what Forbidden Door is going to be. Yeah. You know, <clears throat> which uh, is interesting because Kenta had been kind of apparently maybe he was just trying to get that match happening he was trying to get the match with cm punk because i think a lot of people wanted that the go to sleep versus go to sleep you know um I, apparently kenta had been tweeting that he wanted punk and stuff like that and that wasn't in the card so that was just him okada would have been a great choice yep. kota bushi had he not had that falling out a month ago yeah he's got uh, some injury ooh, issues a- and stuff uh yeah, like that. There was a. There were other options. Tanahashi's a great option. Yeah. I mean, if, to try, I mean, you probably know better than me, or well, more well versed with Japanese wrestlers. If I had to make a comparison, Tanahashi is like John Cena, but more talented. Yeah, well, and also in the sense that he can come in and take a loss to an AEW guy, and it's not going to hurt him because right. he's going to lose to Punk, you know, and he's probably going to lose this interim title match because the winner of tonight, the the Battle Royal goes on to face Mox, and then winner of that match faces. Technically, it's not Tanahashi yet. It's Tanahashi or Hiroki Goto, but it's it's gonna be Tanahashi, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah, and he'll so he'll do it. Now it's not gonna be Punk. Obviously, he's on the shelf. Um, it's hard to say. Like, it, like I mean, there are timetables for broken for a broken foot in wrestling, but mm-hmm. sometimes they vary. But if I had to guess, he's probably gonna be out for at least a couple of months. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it's it depends on like you said severity. I mean, with a broken foot, that could be multiple bones. You know, uh, mm-hmm. so. 
There's a million bones in your foot. So this battle royal uh, seems to be pretty energetic. Um, the Gun Club and the Acclaimed are still working together, which I think is, is this a- the part where Jerry Lawler says, you know, Austin Gunn could win the interim. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. No, this is the part where Jerry Lawler enters the match. I think. <laughs> <laughs> oh, don't bring Ryan Nemeth out. <laughs> right, Taz. Taz just enters the match. The job. <laughs> But yeah, they 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 uh, wheeled Bowens in. That's the new thing because he had surgery, uh, and they wheel him out in the wheelchair, and he screams, "The acclaim have arrived!" They did it tonight, and they did it last week as well. I don't know yeah, if it was on Dynamite. Maybe it was Rampage. But yeah, uh, last week's yeah. Dynamite also had a great match. Uh, Moxley and Daniel Garcia was a heck of a match too, huh? Oh my god! Now we'll we'll talk about Anarchy in the arena as we kind of like track along with uh, what what's going on on this Dynamite yeah. with um the Blackpool Combat Club and Moxley, but. So there was a bunch of blood, obviously. Whenever John Moxley sees blood, he's like, huh, where's the blade? Yeah. And uh, <laughs> and not that one. And the um, and then he does the main event of Garcia. He had stitches. Either he popped them open himself or he told Garcia to punch uh, him hard. It was right as the announcers mentioned it, too. I think it was Regal right. mentioned it. Perfect timing. And we always have a, you know, a WTF move of the show. This one took the cake. Yep. John Moxley with a release suplex by Garcia. Garcia lands right on the steel steps. He looked like he died. Yep. That was horrible, but awesome at Incredible the same time. match. Yeah. Yeah, great, great stuff. Um, this is the second time that Moxley's done this with a young gun. He yeah. did it with Wheeler Yuta. Obviously, uh, that was born in blood for him to join BCC. Not the case with Garcia. He's with the... The Jericho appreciation, or as uh, Taz called him, the Jazz. The Jazz, <laughs> Jazz hands. <laughs> he was on Dark, and he called him the Jazz. <laughs> uh, some guys who will not be in this battle royal. Uh, let's t- talk about them briefly. Daniel Bryant, or Brian Danielson, I should say. Brian Danielson, uh, Scorpio Sky, Adam Cole, all facing injuries. Oh, Wheeler Yuta's here. Okay, cool. Yes, Wheeler Yuta's back. He must be done with his uh, Super Junior stuff. Yeah, he did not but, uh, win. Yeah, he did not uh, win the tournament. There goes Darby Allen trying to basically be himself. Yeah, but um. <laughs> Yeah, just like a whole lot of great names just jumping all over the place. Yeah. Um, nice, energetic opening match. Uh, but, Dad, speaking of opening stuff, like, that Dynamite in the forum, I thought the energy was there. We talked mm-hmm. about how they had a good turnout for all the shows, Double or Nothing, at like 13,000. About the same for the Kia Forum in Inglewood. But, man, the energy. Like, the uh, like the, the Young Bucks uh, multi-man match. And it held with, all uh, night, yeah. And it did. The second hour was mostly wrestling, but the first hour, it didn't really have that much wrestling. Mm-mm. Had the long promo. It was just like a lot of like, it was just like this electricity yeah. that just like threaded through. And then the MJF promo, just like, it, it, like the LA fans were aghast. Like, it was almost like they were stunned at how good the promo was. <laughs> Max Caster and the gun club just scissored in the ring together. <laughs> with their hands. We saw you, when we talked about it at the time, I said, I think it's the V thing because they it didn't is. have a name. Yeah. Now it's scissors me, daddy. Yeah. <laughs> Just, so let, me, let me say this about Bowens. He had a great moment on Rampage. So he's in the wheelchair yep. and Billy Gunn is basically, you know, like buddying up with him. Who they call and daddy gun now. Yeah. Yes. And he, so, so he started, he's trying to rile up the crowd saying, when I say ass, you say boys. And it, the, the camera's on Bowens, nothing in the ring. The match hadn't started yet, and it was Max Caster and Dante Martin. Dante, off-camera, does a plancha. And Anthony Bowens goes, when I say F, oh, no! Oh, no! (laughs) Dude, Bowens is great. Yeah, I really like that team. I I can't wait for him to come back from injury. So uh, Gun Club just got eliminated by Keith Lee. Uh, Keith Lee and Swerve did not win their attempt uh, to capture the tag team titles. 
Oh, Swerve just threw Keith Lee out. Wow, I think I'm a minute oh, wow. ahead of you, huh? Probably so, but like yeah. they look, they didn't win it, but they tried valiantly. Yeah, that was a great and match. You, I think you called it mm-hmm. when we talked about the when we previewed the show on episode 19. We said ah, this one might steal it. Like mm-hmm. this one might be the best match of the whole thing, and um, you know, it we, came we close. Can talk about, <laughs> We talk, we could talk about yeah there goes there goes uh the the limitless one yep. and um the the thing is like maybe we could just digest this about like different formats of cards and like how revolution is like it, personally it's the kind of show I like the most mm-hmm. where you 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 just have a whole lot of bangers like one after another but nothing with a whole lot of buzz going into it it's not a show where it's like oh my god I can't wait to watch this one match like like uh, some of these other big-time pay-per-views have. And Revolution didn't have that, really, but every match was really, really good. Mm-hmm. And I love shows like that. This one, it felt like it was just all, it was very top-heavy. Like It was like a whole lot of lying around. Good wrestling with people like Kyle O'Reilly and Darby Allin. That was a really good Death match, Ryan, yeah. I thought Death Triangle House of Black was mm. awesome. Yep. That was in the first hour. But it, like I said, it was a four-and-a-half-hour show, and the first two to two-and-a-half were just like kind of like dragging ass. Mm-hmm. And then the last three come, and yeah. that was that was the Anarchy in the Arena match, which I thought – I mean, Meltzer gave it the full Monty. I, I, I think it's a little high, but yeah. I loved it. Yeah. I did. Some people thought it was stupid GCW crap. I thought it was really fun. I, really I thought the camera it. work was great. I thought the pacing was good when once they actually got it in the ring. Um, the bl- oh, so much blood. <laughs> yeah, there was. And then, and then the second one is the one that we're on now, which is that 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 three way. The first sign that that match door was going to be great was either Dynamite or Rampage going in in Las Vegas. There was a three-way between the the smaller guys in that tag match, and that mm-hmm. was Starks, awesome. Swerve, and Jungle Boy. It, it was so good. Yep. And I thought, wait a minute. If these three are that good together in the ring against one another, and they get the big guys in it, this is going to be really good. And it was good. It was an awesome match, about 17 minutes. Never really slowed down. A lot of great near falls involving Jungle Boy mainly surviving. Yep. And... um. Got the win, retained. It seemed the crowd was disappointed that Jungle... That yeah, they, I caught that too. Like, they still like him when they come out, but they did not want them to win. Not that, yeah. they, not that they turned on them, but they I think they wanted a title switch. Yeah. Uh, by the way, it uh, looks like MJF is not in this match. Uh, the Joker was Andrade El Idolo. Uh, so we're down okay. to about two, four, six, eight, nine guys left in the ring. Yeah, he, he revealed his new business partner. I have to tell you, Jordan... Um. I, I might have to look into litigation. Oh yeah, because because I have to give I have to reveal a secret. The way you pronounce my name is not Andrew Reesh. It's Andrew Roosh. Andrew, oh, okay. But I have to. I, I got to tell you, I've never seen him wrestle. The talk about Roosh. Mm-hmm. I always thought his name was Rush. I did every yeah. time I read the name in the papers. I was like, uh, I, I sound like I'm in my fifties. But um, I always thought. <laughs> I thought I always thought his name was Rush, but I heard he was a great wrestler at Ring of Honor. No, so I have a story like that too. Like you remember growing up, like PWI and like all, Superstar Wrestling and stuff like that. Uh, there's always guys you read about, but you never saw them wrestle, so you never heard their name. And for me, uh, he was Chris Benoit for a long time before I learned. There is was... an all. There is a running gag forever. I think it's still going on on Main Event or Chad Campbell show, mm-hmm. where I called Hiroshi Hase Hiroshi Hase. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, growing up wrestling, like when we didn't have the internet to to watch all these guys like there were so many names you just read about and it's like take a were... shit yeah. <laughs> yeah exactly 
So this it's is... easy to it, it's easy to mess them up. There goes Dante Martin. But yeah. um, it, it, like it's gonna be uh, I, I thought that match was great, and then I thought Punk and, and uh, Hangman brought it home. Like yeah, I thought they did that a really ending good job. gave me a very Brett Piper vibe, mm-hmm. very much so. But I thought Punk was really good at tweening, where he was just like, you know, begging off but playing possum at the same time. Yeah. So we're down to like eight guys here, and looking at who's left, none of these guys are beating Moxley tonight. <laughs> like, it's it's Andrade. It's Kylo, like watching the it's yeah. like watching the Eastern Conference playoffs when the Warriors were right. on top. <laughs> it's, it's Red Dragon, Andrade, Darby, Swerve, Powerhouse Hobbs, and Ricky Starks. Like any of those, this would be. Oh, and Wheeler Yuta's in there too. Um, it'd be a nice win for any of these guys, but I don't see any of these guys going on to beat Moxley. I later mean, tonight. listen, everyone will know by Friday how uh, right we were. <laughs> yeah, exactly. If it was, if it's Wheeler Yuta and Moxley again, right. that would be hilarious. Yeah, that'd be kind of fun. Um, but yeah, that's kind of why we want to tape this show tonight. So like, we always have that blind dynamite when we tape because we do a Tuesday taping and we didn't want to be so blind on a show. Like if, if this MJF story continued and he came out, um, and I guess once we see the winner of this battle royal, then we'll really get into that. Yeah, we which... would, we would have been blinded by the light. Yeah, exactly. Then we'll really get into the MJ. Talk about stuff. talk about words you all, you never understood as a kid. Wrapped <laughs> up like a douche. <laughs> <laughs> Wrapped up like a douche. Another roller in the night. <laughs> wow, Swerve just had a really interesting looking suplex. That was really cool. So this match is kind of long. I mean, we're sitting at... I'm glad you mentioned him. I was thinking about that when we were talking about the tag match. Yeah. And I was watching him. And you know, sometimes you watch a wrestler, and, and I'm, I, I try not to besmirch WWE. We don't have time to talk about all their goings-on. But there are people who work there or wrestled there, and you see them in other promotions, or vice versa with WCW going to the WWF. And even like when in the NBA or the NFL where a guy just didn't work out with the team and he winds up in his second and third team and then he blossoms. Yeah. And you just watch him at, in action like I did at Double or Nothing with Swerve. And I'm just like, how did you miss on this? Right. And that's what I kept thinking watching him like when he was Isaiah Swerve's guy. Like, how did you miss on this guy? Yep. You know? And right as you're saying that, he just tossed Darby out in a really interesting spot. Darby was running to the corner and Swerve caught him and just. Gave him momentum, threw him over the top. He also corner. hosts a podcast. I don't know if you knew that. No, I didn't. No, he did. He got Tony. Yeah, Tony Khan is one of his guests. Oh. <laughs> I really yeah, don't Tony, know. Tony's making the media match. rounds. Uh, t- clearly, based off of that media scrum, he is not afraid to like put his name out there in any way, shape, or form. No, um, not at all. <laughs> nice. <laughs> uh, um, there, there were some things he said that were there were some truths there. Um, I, the one thing I did, listen. A lot. He had a lot of axes to grind in that press conference. Oh and yeah, some see, of it, some of it seemed to be lost in the shuffle. This fucking guy. Right. <laughs> oh, I lost you. Media scrum and Tony Khan lost and took the bait. I will. There was one thing he said that I thought was interesting, and it made me think about the MJF stuff. Is that he said the CM Punk MJF feud is the biggest box office attraction in the company's history. Hmm, and I thought to myself, there is no way he's going to let that man walk away if he has him under contract. No. It, Even if it's a... Yeah, I, I, I don't see it. I mean, the, the the talk for the past two weeks has been work or shoot, work or shoot. You know, Sean Ross sapped. We, you know, the plane ticket is old news at this point. So, I mean, I guess we need to give our thoughts as well. But um, are you with me still? Or am I losing connection a little bit? 
Yes, I'm with you. Okay, I just I heard a weird sound. I didn't know if it disconnected the call. Sorry, but no. Uh, unlike unlike MJF and Tony Khan, we we are still on speaking terms. <laughs> <laughs> For now, it's, or it's so big... or so we know. Yeah, we've got a final four. Yeah, by MJF the way. even yeah. did the Bobby A bear. He did the plane, the airplane. Yeah. So like, he was like he was kind of like us doing it. Oh, there goes Hobbs. But um. It's like it's. It, I'm I'm sorry to say, do this, but Bray Phoenix was doing a Kofi like almost elimination that was absolutely hilarious. Yeah. Where his, his twinkle toes are hanging on the top of the rope. <laughs> but um, the um, I, I thought the promo was fantastic. I will say the one thing about that promo that I think MJF was trying to nail, and I think he nailed it, but it was so like play on reality is yeah. that he made the he. He turned the fans into heels. Like, he is making mm -hmm. a narrative for himself where, you know, he's not... It, like, everybody does a shoot promo, tries to turn into you people, you fans, because all these shoot promos are based out of vigor or, and vitriol and anger. And anytime that's where the source of it is, they always try to direct it back at the fans about how F you too, F all of you. The thing is, he was specifically... Um, directing his vitriol towards the fans and yeah. how they don't respect him and how they never gave him a chance and how they keep getting ex-WWE guys and they make more money than he does and he's more valuable than any of them. And it all had validity to it. Right. But he had the fans cheering while within the storyline that the fans are pieces of shit who never who yep. took them for granted. Well, I mean, it was so brilliant. Another, another promo that did the same thing was the pipe bomb. You know, same thing. Punk... Right. The crowd was cheering him, and he's basically saying, "You guys are the, just as much to blame as anybody for this," you know. Mm -hmm. So, but this, by the way, this match is freaking awesome. This final four, it's Wheeler, Yuta, Kyle O'Reilly, Andrade, Ray and Ray Phoenix. Oh my gosh! Ray, like Jungle Boy is not in this one. I talked about how Jungle Boy seems to be great at Battle Royals. Ray Phoenix is amazing yeah, at him. Yeah, absolutely amazing. Kyle O'Reilly might be like one of the most underrated dudes in the roster too. Like we talked he about him a so, little bit last week. He is so stiff. Yeah. Yeah. And he's just, wow, okay. Andrade got a limit. Okay, Wheeler Yuta's going to win this, dude. Wheeler Yuta's going to win. Wheeler Yuta and Kyle O'Reilly are the final two. We're going to get Wheeler Yuta yeah, against but, um, John Moxley again. Were you surprised again. that, if you want to just, like, flash the double nothing for a second, like, did, were you surprised that Kyle O'Reilly beat Darby Allen? Um, not a ton, because, one, the match was just thrown in there. There was no, like, real story to that match. That was a match that didn't need to be on the show, even though it ended up being really good. Um, but I think that Kyle O'Reilly and Bobby Fish could use the win a little bit more. Um, you know, uh, I think Red Dragon has been good in matches, but they haven't really done a whole lot. Um, mm -hmm. And Bobby's older. He yeah. Is. Like, yeah. And Kyle O'Reilly's the, age, the one. In his 40s. Yeah. yeah. And Kyle O'Reilly just uh, thinks he eliminated Wheeler Yuta, but he went out the middle rope. So uh, he's got so much KT tape on him right now, dude. <laughs> Well, the thing, too, is like you had mentioned before astutely is that he was doing New Japan stuff with Super Juniors. I I don't want to act like I know what happened because I didn't keep track. Mm -hmm. uh, he did but, not win um, the tournament. It was won by uh, Hiromu Takahashi, um, mm -hmm. who will probably be in Forbidden Door. But he – I mean he obviously wrestled a lot. Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't but, know how, uh, how much he did over the, while he was there. Oh, wait. Yeah. Okay, so I thought there was a false finish – and uh, Kyle O'Reilly didn't actually win, but we just cut to a promo with John Moxley. I think Kyle O'Reilly won the Battle Royal, dude. Yes, he did. Wow. So when okay. so when so when Kyle O'Reilly did the the dragon the dragon choke, he brought him over. 
okay. and they did an apron spot. And he finally kicked him. Well, Rick Knox wasn't and, lifting his hand up, so I thought it was like one of those, you know, bad guy thinks he won, good guys is still out there. Wow, interesting. What do you think of Kyle O'Reilly winning? Uh, he's he's stiffed a lot of New Japan guys in the yeah, past. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, and just just for the sake of facts, like the the eventual winner. The eventual opponent for whoever this is between Mox and O'Reilly is going to be either Hiroshi Tanahashi or a guy that maybe I'll let you kind of talk about because I don't know much about him, but I know he's talented, is Haruki Goto. Yeah, so let me try to think of a comparison of Goto. Uh, mm-hmm. First, let's say, he, I'll tell you, he's got no chance of winning that match. It's going to be Tanahashi. <laughs> um, Goto is like, he's not even like a, you know, like every company it's like a gatekeeper. Mm-hmm. He's not quite even gate. Oh, you mean level. like Cody Rhodes? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. He's not quite that level. Like he's not bad or anything, um, but it feels like he hasn't been relevant for a couple of years now. Like his peak was a few years back. Um, so I think that's just to get Tanahashi a win going into that. Um, that that feels like super obvious to me. Uh, but now that we got Kyle O'Reilly winning, Mox is going to beat him, and then I think Moxley wins. Uh, at Forbidden Door, and so or they pull off the impossible, and O'Reilly winds up g- being fed to Tanahashi, and Tanahashi wins at Forbidden. Yeah, and that's the, they don't want to give they don't want to give up that match. That's a good idea too, because I mean that's they, a big they match. Got I yeah. honestly think they want Mox versus Tanahashi because they tried to make it happen in 2021 and couldn't do it. Well, I was getting into a little bit of a comment battle earlier this week with some people who were kind of poo pooing on interim champs. I'm like. Saying it's like a dumb idea. I'm like, interim champions are like a legitimate thing in real combat sports. Like UFC, you, yeah, they UFC. Have, they have some all the time. Some of their biggest yeah. draws ever are interim champions fighting against the returning champion who had to vacate his belt. The like 2020 those... Lakers were interim champions. <laughs> 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 I'm sorry to say that. <laughs> but like UFC, one of the biggest fights they ever had was Randy Couture against Chuck Liddell, and that was just for the interim title because Tito Ortiz like wouldn't defend the belt. So they're just like, they stripped him. I didn't know that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So, and, and the thing too is like, I, I tried to, I tried to pontificate on it and it's hard, but like interim championships, they don't happen much in pro wrestling. So there really wasn't a lot to back up any, any, like uh any point I wanted to make because, right. You know, and for NWA and WWF and even ECW, like they never really had the idea of let's make a diff- let's make a separate. The only time that ever happened was the Great American Bash in 1991, and the reason it happened is because Ric Flair literally left with the champion, <laughs> yeah, the, the the big gold belt. Yeah. That was the only time that actually happened. But yep. there was no fallout there because Ric Flair wasn't working WCW. He actually left WCW. Yep. So they and they never unified the belts with Hulk Hogan as the champ, the WWF champion, because they were afraid of getting sued. So that never came to fruition. So unifications, like you said, they don't have like you hear about them a lot. Um, I mean, the most obvious one, I guess you could say, is Razor Ramon and Shawn Michaels. And it, it, I guess, the whole point of what I'm saying is like it depends on the care you put into it. Like, like. I, there's people who are given championships, Jordan, but they feel like interim. They feel like placeholders. Mm-hmm. Like I remember when Rey Mysterio was the world champion in 2006. It felt like a placeholder championship because Randy Orton got suspended. Yep. And that's well, why and, and no not trying to be smirch Rey Mysterio. But what happened was when he got the title, they didn't treat him like a world champion. Yep. It's all in how you treat him. Well, and even to stay on Mysterio, uh to to your point the interims are not that memorable. 
I'm pretty sure that when they did the Summer of Punk and Punk left with the belt or whatever, he did. Rey Mysterio yes. won the interim tournament and then, and then immediately, immediately lost, lost it. it to John Cena. <laughs> so immediately, immediately lost. And that might be where Tony is trying to learn the lessons mm-hmm. from from mistakes of the past. And right. one of the mistakes that I think they did, and it's because Vince McMahon cannot help himself is that when punk won the title at money in the bank 2011 and he kissed him goodbye and left and went to a cubs game and was basically flaunting that he was no longer with the company as a work yeah vince couldn't help himself what they should have done is have him actually not be with the company on television for like a month or two Mm -hmm. and really build it up and then the unification match would have mattered instead they brought him back within two weeks with yep. a new shirt and new music, and we need something for SummerSlam. And that was a mistake. I wonder if Tony is trying to stretch this, like yeah. so that if we really build this up and whoever winds up winning this interim title at Forbidden Door, we can really like make it out. Like Even though that the winner is going to be an interim champion, we're going to put them in positions where that champion looks strong yeah. so that what's Punk – with his with the real title, I guess you call it the real. Who title. never who never defended it? He just won it and Correct. basically lost. Yeah, kind of like kind of like kind of like Britt Baker winning that title belt at the for the Owen. <laughs> yeah, like, she's got a belt, but she's not like, a champion. Yeah, but you, yeah, but you didn't lose it. <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, but the, the like, and then you can stretch it out, and then do the unification match at All Out or Grand Slam or whatever. Oh, like by the way, for him to recuperate. We've got another title. Uh, if you're still watching, there's a new belt. Ugh. This is too much, is man. It? The All Atlantic Championship, uh, Forbidden Door. Here's a here here's a breakdown. This is pretty cool. Is there a picture of David Crockett on the side? And no, but here's <laughs> here's here's the tournament bracket. Buddy Matthews representing the UK uh, or Australia. Facing off against Pac of the UK. Ethan Page of Canada facing off against Miro uh, from, what is he, Bul- Bulgaria? Uh, yes. Yeah. Uh, Penta uh, against Malachi Black and then two New Japan guys. And then there's a four-way match to crown the first champion at Forbidden Door. So those matches are going to be some bangers. And, man, and, that, New J- and that New Japan match will be Toriyanu versus, <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> like, give me another joke guy in yeah, Japan. Yeah, Toriyanu against, jeez, uh, uh, like, bad luck Juice Fale. Robinson. Yeah. No, I don't want to besmirch <laughs> Juice Robinson. He's actually a really talented performer. But, but um, banger matches, but does this company need another belt, dude? Like, no, they don't. And, I mean, you and Steve Willie talked about that in a previous episode. Mm-hmm. Like, you can't just overpopulate with championships. Like, and, FTR and we know the trio's belts are coming. Yeah, we know the trio's belts are coming, too. You know, Mercedes Martinez is defending the Ring of Honor women's title on Dark Elevation, and I don't even fucking know it. Like, <laughs> I have to read results and realize that she defended the championship. Uh, yeah, that's uh, it, this is excessive. Like, maybe this you know is a new Japan less, belt, though? You know how they know. say less is more? Sometimes mm-hmm. more can mean less. Right. You know, and that's a, definitely a case where it's a little too much. Um, I did like the fact that they debuted Crazy Steve at Double or No. Oh, wait, that was Buddy Matthews. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, he's like, guys, I don't have any tattoos. What should I do? Crazy Steve. He did. I was looking up at the TV watching the third hour of the five-hour extravaganza, and I said, oh, my God, that that's Crazy Steve from uh, Decay. And I thought to myself, wait, no, that's Buddy Matthews. Decay. Man, that is a name I have not heard in a minute. Uh, oh, <laughs> what was the, more what than was a the, minute. Yeah, what was the female in Decay? 
Rosemary. Rosemary. And I got to tell you, she's a box office. and People know her. Yep. And wrestling fans. If she showed up with the bunny, I think that could get over, brother. Yeah. Probably. <laughs> All right. So while we've got a match going, let's let's finally dive into it. Um, the biggest news, of course, and we've we're probably the only AEW show that spent 40 minutes not talking about it is this MJF thing. And we've we've talked about it a bit. But yeah. before Forbidden Door, the night or not Forbidden Door, the night before Double or Nothing, MJF apparently no show to meet and greet. Sean Ross Sapp uh, confirmed that a flight to New Jersey was booked, uh, and he had proof. Uh, then of course MJF didn't get on that flight, showed up, got crushed by Wardlow, p- pretended he was flying an airplane while <laughs> while hitting the ring. Um, One of the most entertaining squashes you've yeah, ever seen. Got stretchered out. Uh, and then, of course, we all know the next uh, Wednesday on Dynamite showed up, cut a scathing promo, uh, begged Tony Khan to fire him. And that's kind of where we are. Um, do you think any of this was not planned? I think that MJF legitimately wants an extension to replace his current contract yeah, with more with money added to it. I think that that is true. Mm-hmm. Do I think that he no-showed a meet and greet on purpose? No, I don't. I think Tony pulled him, yeah. but decided to pull him without saying anything. Yeah. And does that seem facetious to the fans who were at the meet and greet? I guess so. I guess you can gripe about that and demand a refund. They got to meet but... Fuego. It's a replacement. <laughs> <laughs> they did? Are you serious? Uh, it was something like that. Like They, they replaced got offered with, some... like, Fuego del Sol? Yeah. Then I would have absolutely demanded a re- I would have demanded that I get MJF's plane Brian Cage was there. <laughs> uh, Sean Sapp is right about one thing absolutely true. He yeah. did buy a plane ticket. Yeah. Now, who bought the plane ticket? Who was the consortium? Or right. how do you say the fucking name? Right. Word. The consortium? The consortium. <laughs> yeah, Ric Flair. Ric Flair I was think, the consortium. I, I think Tony and MJF got in a room, and even though they do have disagreements over how much money can actually pay out MJF, whether he actually wants to rip up the contract and renegotiate, I think there is a standoff in that sense. However... MJF on paper still has a year plus left on his deal. Mm-hmm. And I think MJF is willing to blur the lines and play ball, despite the fact that he has misgivings about how much he's being paid. Did a verbal handshake agreement come to terms between the two? I don't know. I, I that's a that's probably the that's probably the toughest question to ask yeah. uh, uh, right now about like whether or not maybe they have a deal in place and they just haven't announced it yet. It's all shrouded in mystery. Are you are you but a fan of this kind of? I do think it's a work. I just say this. I do think it's a full. Are you a fan work. of this kind of storytelling where it's kind of like, uh, hey, everything else is fake, but this this is the real stuff that's happening. Here's when I like it. I like it when no, like while well, as we're watching Dynamite, and someone has a free MJF sign, and nobody's talking about it. Yeah. I like the fact that MJF's video of the shoot promo wasn't uploaded by AEW. They mm-hmm. removed his name from the roster. They put in every action that a company would do if they were no longer affiliated with a with a wrestler. Yeah. So that they can at least play along and not insult the fans' intelligence. That's when it becomes magical. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, I think that, you know, you're treading the waters of Vince Russo, so you have to be very, very, very careful. Uh, mm-hmm. And even Eric Bischoff, too, you know, with the Brian Pillman stuff. Um, yes. You can burn 
the fans, and you can burn the locker room too if you try to get a little too cute with it. Um, but it's while I'm not necessarily a fan of oh this is real but this stuff's fake, I am a fan of genuinely wondering. Like I have no idea what they're going to do. Like I yes. have no real idea. Even like as tonight. I, you and I discussed, I said, oh man, MJF winning that battle royal makes sense. But at the same time, it makes sense that they would hold them off for a while. You know, why yeah. pay that um, off so fast? And you can fit that with, in, in terms of pro wrestling, like you're talking about a promo and a storyline, like the, like the idea of like the, uh, the unpredictability of it. That also works with a wrestling match yep. where, and, and I, I think this is why you and I probably love all Japan style the most is that. And also New Japan's strong style with a lot of these names that we're probably going to see at Forbidden Door is that there's a, there's a certain level – I felt this way watching Shawn Michaels and The Undertaker in Houston, Texas. I, I was there live when it happened. There's a, there's, a, there's a level that where the match starts and it's just getting going, but you know it's really good. You know, in for a tr- you know you're in for a treat. And then you get to the middle portion where you're like, oh, man, this is great. They're on their game. Then there's a third level where you're getting it's, – it's like it's the, the raging climax where it's like, okay, we're getting close to the finish. And then, but here's where the magic happens, Jordan. And this also is with promos and like uh, storylines. And all Japan, I thought, were masters at this with King's Road. There's a fourth element, a fourth gear, where yeah. you legitimately don't know how it's going to end. Yep. And yep. that's where the fans really get hooked. And that's actually that's what I love the most. That's actually what I liked about Punk and Hangman. Like, I, like we talked about how it was a little sloppy and stuff like that. But I really thought you could make a case for either guy winning that match now the problem with that match is it felt like it went from like second gear to fourth gear yeah you know? yeah it, it skipped a beat mm-hmm. but uh, but it's still you know um what, what i don't really watch wwe anymore but i would guess most wwe fans don't have that feeling about their matches like no foregone conclusions are like the name of the game there and sometimes that's okay sometimes a match should be a foregone conclusion because it makes the most sense and you know that's a story that needs to be told and i'm not opposed yeah. to that but um uh, I, uh, uh, um off topic um, shout out to Cody Rhodes for wrestling with a torn pack. Shame on WWE's doctors for letting him. Yeah. Shame on them. Yeah, I didn't see the match. I saw the pictures. Gross. Disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> that house, that, 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 that corrupted miss is finally working. <laughs> First Julia Hart, now Cody. So we've got a, a time frame on it now. It takes about six yeah, to eight I'm months. Yeah, on the fact that Julia Hart's heel turn took so long. Thanks to that corrupted miss being so delayed. But it did work out with that finish i thought the finish to the death triangle versus house of black was fantastic the whole match was fantastic we're seeing just a single remnant of it right here with pack and uh buddy matthews, buddy matthews yep. spoiler alert it's awesome yeah and, right. <laughs> big shock <laughs> yeah and like i really thought they tried to steal it and then i thought the tag three-way stole it back i did too. like I, and also the anarchy in the arena. Like, I just like how sometimes you see that you hear these announcers like over explain the rules i just like how justin roberts said Ugh, shit's about to get real. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, listen, this is going to be crazy. By the way, I'm a little surprised uh, Eddie Kingston didn't win that Battle Royal. I think Kingston could have been a good choice to win the Battle Royal and face Mox in the main event because I think, well, I don't know. I guess maybe if you don't want the crowd to turn on Moxley because I think the crowd would have got really behind Eddie winning because there's like Eddie and Punk story too, you know. Punk's always like, eh, Look, if somebody, all the guys if, in the back I, except Eddie Kingston, you know. <laughs> if I'm beating somebody up, and someone pours a can of gasoline on me. I'm going after him. Oh my god! Unless, unless I'm a Republican, then I'm getting some cups. But, <laughs> <laughs> but man, that image of Eddie carrying that gas can, uh, soaked Beautiful. in blood. Whew. 
Good stuff. But I, I love JR. We can only assume it's a can of gasoline. I'm like, what else could it be? <laughs> right? I mean, gas costs a lot right now. Maybe it's Kool-Aid. A can of bleach? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, um, by the way, uh, that feud is not over. Uh, I think we'll see the culmination of it. I will see it live, Andrew, because uh, I'm going Uh-oh. to Blood and Guts in Detroit. What do you Blood think? and Guts? Mm-hmm. You're going to Daly's place? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> William Regal, just like you called it, William Regal came out just to say blood and guts. Like that's the only thing he said, and then he left. Um, but yeah, uh, AEW's Michigan debut is going to be blood and guts with. Uh, wow. Uh, Jericho appreciate the Jazz against uh, <laughs> against. Uh, well, at least they have a coach. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. That's true. Maybe Rudy Gobert could join him. <laughs> <laughs> That's the most offense we'll see out of Rudy Gobert all year. Yeah, he'll come but in I'm, and feud with Sotnam Singh. <laughs> so, I'm, wait a minute, I'm trying to think of it now. So, it's Jericho Appreciation Society. Mm-hmm. Also, props to all the performers there, because they are quote-unquote sports entertainers, but they they put it out there in the brawl portion of the uh, of the pay-per-view match. Matt Menard, Daddy Magic, what a gusher. Holy mm-hmm. fuck. Like, mm-hmm. I thought I think him and Wheeler U. I thought he saw Wheeler Uta and thought, ah, I can gig better than that. Right, right. <laughs> he was dude. There's a moment where he's like walking down the steps, and he looks like he's at Vietnam, and he's just staring at all the napalm. <laughs> like he's almost like, where am I? So you got blood. You got Wheeler Uta coming back tonight. So now I guess the question is, who represents the other side? Because they actually have six now with Uta, Danielson, Moxley. Well, I guess Moxley will probably be defending. Oh, no, not at, not at uh, Blood and Guts. You got Moxley, uh, and then you got Santana, Ortiz, and Eddie. That's six guys, so mm-hmm. somebody's got to uh, If Daniels is still do, on the shelf, maybe. Unless they kayfabe where, or, yeah, Danielson might be out, or they kayfabe where they take out Ortiz because, remember, yeah, the Ortiz hair is hair. getting set up for a hair versus hair match at uh, Ro- Road Rager. I almost said Roid Rager. Yeah. That's all wrestling shows. But um, <laughs> <laughs> but that's in I th- that's also in Missouri, but I think it's in St. Louis. Yeah, that's uh, next remember, week. They, that's next week. Yeah, yeah, they didn't get a dynamite because what happened was they were supposed to get full gear. And similar to Double or Nothing, Tony Khan reversed course and, and moved it, moved full gear in 2021 a week later in Minneapolis because there was a UFC show that weekend a yep. big one yep. and so he he maneuvered another do- a pay-per-view due to a major sporting or television event and you know some people I I, I kind of roll my eyes at it sometimes for the same reasons you said like why don't you just take it head-on and ram it through like right. I, I was thinking about this like with um with uh Monday Night Raw and the Attitude Era and Nitro people people think like all the all the youngsters now who look at the ratings with WrestleNomics every week, they think like Monday Night Football just started in two thousand one. Like, <laughs> no, dude, like Monday Night Football was around during the Attitude Era. That's how popular the WWF and WCW were. Yep. They were killing the NFL in the ratings. Yep. Like that's how popular they were. Yep. Yeah, and then I think there's something to like doing that and not like you're almost admitting that you're a smaller act than this company that you're, you know, like than UFC or yeah, like you're the you're the tadpole, yeah. like screaming away in the pond, yeah. right? So and and listen, I sometimes it's good to have that sense of self of like don't be too big for your britches. We just saw that with WWE where they thought they could really do something with MG uh, 
with uh, money in the bank in yeah, the stadium, stadium. Show. Mm-hmm. they couldn't do it so they had to move it to mgm grand but they did sell out chicago for hell in the cell so i do think there's a an appetite for their shows in in the summertime we saw that with AEW. um there's there was some stories out there that they had their biggest gates ever in a row like they got a well over a million for double or nothing they got a huge gate for the show in the forum um they did seven thousand for the live rampage in ontario we didn't talk much about that show but I thought the Young Bucks Lucha breaking. Dude, news, I was just thinking the, in my the mind. The Young Bucks Lucha Brothers had a match yeah. on fucking Rampage. In my mind, I was just saying, "Hey, uh, we need to talk about that banger of a match on Rampage, <laughs> uh, where they ripped uh, Penta's mask off." Yeah, I'd be honest, Jordan. This is like this is like Masawa Kawada, Tanahashi Okada, mm-hmm. even Punk Cena. I'll give them credit too. The Young Bucks and Lucha Brothers. I I swear, Jordan. They could have their eyes closed and have a five-star match against one another. Here's one that might might be a little blasphemous. I think that feud is what people thought the Young Bucks and FTR would be. Okay. You know, and I think that the 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 Lucha Brothers just pair up. Not that the FTR Bucks matches aren't good; they're they're really really awesome. But I just think that there's something to the Lucha Brothers being able to keep up with the pace of the Bucks and the craziness of the Bucks. It's just yeah. wild. It's so wild. I think it's just the fact that Pen- – I hate to say this. I think it's just the fact that Penta and Phoenix were never in WWE. They yeah. were not on top. They were not, quote, top guys. Yeah. Like, they were they were top guys in Impact and Lucha Underground and stuff like that. But they kind of sprung up, like, uh, from AAA. So they were sort of on the level where so a lot of people thought the Revival was on the level or better than the Bucks, and once they actually got together in AEW, it sort of became a dream feud yep. on paper, whereas if you look at the chemistry in the ring, Young Bucks and Luchas, I mean, it's just like... Oh, it's it's insane. Every fucking It's like time. they're all brothers, you know? Like. It, could be, it could be 15 minutes, it could be a ladder match, it could be a cage match, They it could be in the fucking parking lot. Like, they're <laughs> going to have a great, great match. Yeah. Uh, and this is no exception. Right. Uh, much better than the Double or Nothing Bucks Hardy's match, which okay. wasn't as bad as I had hoped. Uh, okay. Not as bad as I feared. I shouldn't say hoped. I didn't hope that it would be bad. Uh, but I expected it to be um, the Bucks having to kind of hold their hands. And I thought the Hardys did a little better than expected. There's a rumor that Jeff Hardy got a concussion. So That does. Jeff Hardy might be... You know. And also, his boot came loose. So I don't know if that happened because of like so it's an accident where his boot came loose. And he had one of those kind of high high boots where like you have to lace it from behind. And yeah. it, it takes forever. So they had to get like a stagehand to help tie it up. And it sort of messed him up because he couldn't tightrope a lot of the spots that he was involved in for like a good five minutes. But the Bucks are like – I always compliment them. Like they are so good at – managing chaos like yep. they they see jeff can't do certain spots and they literally can Improvise. fill up the time yep. with like amazing stuff like yeah, they're, they're awesome. just really good at it yeah they're so awesome um and they're such good heels man even like that rampage match they rip penta's mask off after the match they're posing i think it was nick jackson puts the mask on and starts doing the sierra <laughs> the, the pose Dude, like, the, when they uh, made fun of the hardies on the rampage leading up yeah to the dress like him and stuff that, that was hilarious. They did the moves better than the Hardys do. <laughs> well, I mean, they can move. All their joints work still. <laughs> Matt Hardy's reduced to a point where he can he can do a side effect, uh, a neck breaker. I do like, I do like the delete delete uh, turbuckle spot. Okay, that was the... pretty creative. Like Matt's mind is still there. You know, his body yes, isn't there I... anymore, but his mind still is. 
Uh, but yeah, with that big eight man where he just started hit throwing everybody in the turnbuckle, that was great. Um, mm-hmm. That was good. Stuff. Also, let's uh, uh, let's go Brandon Chance. Oh, oh was out of nowhere. Really? Huh. Out of nowhere, I think Brandon Cutler got involved at some point. And they said, let's, they started chanting, "Let's go, Brandon!" Uh, given <laughs> given it's Nevada, I wasn't shocked. Yeah, but, uh, <laughs> it's a political rally, huh? <laughs> um, but yeah, the Bucks. Uh, I thought they had a good showing, and they didn't even listen. They're the young Bucks. They don't have to go out there and like steal the show. But they were in Ontario, uh, California. Yeah, that's like which their, is hometown. their hometown. Mm-hmm. Yeah, almost said Canada, <laughs> like the yeah. like the Gun Club did. But um, the uh, yeah, it's their hometown. They wanted to show off. They had the Luchas go out there in a match with them. They probably could have had a match with, like, Red Dragon or anybody. It probably had, like, a, a banger. But I, I was glad to see that live on Rampage. I, I thought that think, really took it home. Um, I think that we've um, – we, we talked about how Rampage had become, like, a nothing show. I feel like Rampage has turned around. And it's unfortunately at a time when nobody's watching it because of all the NBA playoffs and the preemptives. Yeah, the, Rampage the has been were kind of, like, middling again. Yeah, Rampage right. has been a pretty solid show. But, man – uh, I think we just got an Eddie Kingston promo, and if I read it right, he called out Jake Hager to a match on Rampage. So the streak is over. <laughs> uh, I I hate picking on this man, but every time, every time he gets put into like a showcase singles match, it's a stinker. Oh, it's like, such a dud. I will never forget when quarantine just started, and they were hyping up a match between Moxley and Jake Hager, mm-hmm. and. It was bad. It was so bad. And I remember thinking, like, this is just a showcase where, like, you gave a guy a chance, he did nothing with it, and you can't give him another chance. Yep. Like, yep. you blew it. Sorry. And, and while I think Eddie Kingston is, is a heck of a wrestler, I don't think he's the guy to get a match out of him. Like, no. You know, um, no, you have, he's great at adapting. To whatever they're good at, the problem is Jake Hager is good at nothing. <laughs> yeah. Hey, speaking of good at nothing, um, you know, you kind of defer to me, but I'm not really the new the New Japan expert. I've never seen Great Okan before, uh, but I saw him on Dynamite. Uh, didn't look so good, did he? <laughs> when him no, and- uh, all time botch where he. Yeah. he- he did the uh, release choke slam. I want to say there it is. Yeah. <laughs> release choke slam. To, Unless uh, he's like a Jedi. Something on the replay where so Great Khan and Jeff Cobb, legit awesome. Jeff he's Cobb's great. On, he yeah. he was on AEW years ago where he was like a surprise opponent for John Moxley mm-hmm. when he was feuding with Chris Jericho yeah. when he was a pirate and um and it's an he's awesome when he was a pirate just kind of casually ball. thrown in there. <laughs> <laughs> Not, not Julia Hart related, yeah. and um, and so they they run in. I guess they're a tag team called yep. um, oh shit, what's the name? Something Empire. Yeah, I don't know. I, I know what you're they're, talking about. Their music is something Empire and uh, United Empire, and they had the weirdest music. Uh, like it sounded like the the little like electronic ghost that goes off when you're trick or treating. It goes, <laughs> oh, oh, oh. The only thing about this forbidden door that I'm not looking forward to, the new Japan theme music. <laughs> like, yeah. please. like Tanahashi's music is not good. I mean, I'm you've sorry. got, you got Minoru Suzuki's is good. That's the good one. <laughs> uh, and then, yeah. Uh, so they, so great Okan and um, Jeff Cobb, they run in the ring. They beat up everybody in the ring, uh, including, I think it was a, uh, was it FTR? Yeah, no. against was it? Um, well, I mean, on TV right now, it's uh, it's Trent Beretta. So was it Rapungi Vice? Was that? Uh, 
they Rapungi Vice and FTR. Yeah. And they do a release choke slam from the apron to the table. It's a cool looking spot. Oh, the problem was Great hey. Khan was not actually holding on to Trent when he did it. Yeah, we just got a uh, a debut on Dynamite. We lost Brace here, man. Okay. Wow. Okay. Will Ospreay is here. <laughs> okay. So that's out of nowhere. And uh, a whole bunch of guys are jumping him. I can't really tell who these guys are just yet. So, uh, so for the, for just to, just to like clarify for anyone who doesn't know him that well, Will Ospreay is, I think, Australian or British. Mm-hmm. And he had a very famous match against Ricochet in New Japan. And he's been involved in New Japan here and there. Yeah, he was the he was the their heavyweight champion for a bit last year. He was year. the IWGP champion and then he dropped it back, I believe, to Okada. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But yeah. he's he's legit. He's he's very, very well known. Yeah, this appears to be his whole stable and I'll be honest, I don't recognize some of these guys. No, we, we have the LA Dojo hanging around too. It and, looks uh, like at- Scott Norton's kid. <laughs> <laughs> You'll see. The one dude looks like skinny Scott Norton. It's wild. <laughs> Maybe him and Brock Anderson can team up. <laughs> you know how they have Fubo? You know those Fubo figures? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, if they had a Fubo Scott Norton and a Fubo Arn Anderson, it'd be Brock Anderson and that guy. Yeah, right? <laughs> Very nice little reverse pump handle thing going on there. Yep. But, um, yeah, this is a legit dude. And yeah. if he is facing off against Trent Beretta, I'm sure they can have an awesome match. Yeah, they they attacked FTR and Beretta, so I, I don't think it's even set in stone who they're going with yet. So, um, all right, let's shift topics. Uh, I guess we're using the live show to to lead us. Uh, we cut to Adam Cole and uh, Red Dragon. Adam Cole is our Owen Hart champion tournament champion, along with his uh, love interest Britt Baker. Any issues with those two winning the tournaments? No, I was fine with them. Uh, the the only thing is that we need we should have had like uh, Oscar music to play off Martha oh Hart. Oh my gosh, that was the longest speech I've ever seen. Where's Will Smith when we need him? <laughs> she also dressed like the charlatan at the Mardi Gras ball. <laughs> um, I wanted to tell Doctor Martha Hart. I want to put the doctor on her name. Yeah, like. Martha, we are at a wrestling event. Yeah. <laughs> Remember when they were trying to like do the fancy formal stuff for the, the the Hall of Fame, and people were like, "You can't, you have to clap, you can't cheer." And I'm like, "Dude, these are fucking wrestling fans. You can't tell them to act formal. They don't act formal in their there own was, house." <laughs> I, maybe maybe my favorite Hall of Fame moment was one time they were airing it on TV. And they cut to Shane McMahon, and the crowd just booed him out of the arena. And then they cut to The Miz, and the crowd went wild for him, and it became this cutting thing back and forth. And the crowd just loved The Miz and hated Shane so much. It's so random and so great. Can I, I, I put in the questions, but I'm just going to ask you now because I'm looking at it. Yeah. Is Adam Cole unofficially the greatest Divas champion of all time? <laughs> yeah, right. It's him. I know people are like, no, that's disgraceful. It's supposed to look like the Stampede Wrestling belt. And I'm like, yeah, and those belts suck too. (laughs) Yeah, I think you'll be proven right when he finally returns to the ring and says, Brie Mode! (laughs) (laughs) But no, uh, that match with Samoa Joe, it was okay. Now, the word came out later that um, Adam Cole had a shoulder injury. So maybe it was 13 minutes and maybe they were just kind of. Uh, just, just wanted to go out there and have like a nice match, and and it was okay. It wasn't like it wasn't memorable. I thought Britt Baker and Ruby Soho's was pretty good, but I'll say this: on Rampage, Ruby mm. Soho, Chris Statlander, that match was better. Yeah. that was actually a legitimately good. Yeah, match. I kind of felt bad for Ruby Soho because that was kind of like to heat her up, and the 
crowd response is not they at all. I don't wanted her to win. Yeah, they yeah, wanted like, they wanted Statlander bad. Yeah. So, but then um, on Dynamite, uh, or was it Rampage? Uh, they had a really good tag match, whereas Ruby and Statlander against Britt and Jamie Hader. That was a a really that was Ruby's, that's the second time they did that. I, I think, think that's that Ruby Soho's so, best match yet in the company. I think that they the first time they did that match was so good that they just ran it back live on. Yeah. Uh, Rampage. Yep. Yeah. I, I think that was Ruby Soho's best match of the company yet. That tag match. Yeah. yeah, I would have to assume that as we finish this up that that this segment that Adam Cole is doing commentary, they'll probably lean into him doing some kind of a match, but right. he's probably mending his shoulder injury. I mean, Adam Cole has always been consistent. I know he had a wrist injury in NXT for a little while, but he very rarely gets hurt. Like, yeah. rarely. So I mean, his consistency has always been one of his biggest traits. The injury bug seems to be biting and not just uh, in AEW. Obviously, the Cody Everywhere. thing, too. Um, but, man, it might be good for AEW because, like, Adam Cole was on every week, but it was almost becoming detrimental to where he just didn't seem special. Oh man, so, Jordan, I totally, I totally disagree with you. Like, really? Okay. After, I mean, after CM Punk and Brian Danielson got injured, like, I mean, who are you gonna put the title on? You got it's Slim Pickens. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, being, I'm, jo- I'm being sarcastic. Is that is, no, is that like, Adam Page's way, new? Is so that Adam Page's NXT? Here. Is like, Slim- out comes Hangman Page. Like, you can like do so many different things. Is right. Slim Pickens Adam Page's NXT name? Cowboy Slim Pickens. <laughs> <laughs> But no, I I agree with you. Like yeah. it's a blessing in disguise. Yep. Like is is CM Punk and Brian Danielson being on the shelf good for ratings? Absolutely not. Right. Like, and you can use those guys without having them in wrestling matches and be part of the program and do stuff. I know you're a fan of CM Punk on commentary mm-hmm. and kind of basically doing Mystery Science Theater three thousand. But um, like maybe you can do that. You know, Danielson cutting promos is fine with me. I don't think the fans in the building would be like super fond of it but um the story with danielson is that it's short term but like there there's like there's a lot of other options you could go with you know maybe cole and danielson and punk are gonna take a uh take a blow for during the summer uh and delay the summer of punk that they wanted they're not gonna do it after all because of the injury but um like let's say they bring back MJF after all, or yeah. you just go ahead and go with the single push with Jungle Boy, and then he falls short and he snaps on Christian Cage. Uh, what if you have Chris Jericho try to take a run at the title? You know he's a magician. He's also the <laughs> king of wishful thinking because he was telling people he was telling the uh, the crowd the the uh, the viewers after Punk had his promo. I guess he has to relinquish the title, and it's like no, Chris, that is the exact opposite of what he said. <laughs> yeah, him saying that on commentary is what caused all of the confusion. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> to the no, point where Tony Khan had to like tweet his explanation for why John Moxley got in that match he's like actually he's seven to no in singles but he's been a tag wrestler but no he's back in singles well i'm like okay tony and that, <laughs> <laughs> that, and that happened with excalibur poor excalibur so they're in the i can't remember what the main event of rampage was but uh yeah. it, it didn't it, it didn't even matter because what they were obsessed with talking about was trying to explain their way through what was going to happen with the with the world championship. Was it Scorpio Sky and Dante Martin? Is that the main event? It was, and yeah. actually Scorpio Sky injured his ankle. Yep. And I don't know how bad it was. He said he was getting an MRI, and we haven't gotten the results yet. That's an injury that's, that's, another, that's untimely because he, he's that's a champion. That's another champion that's on the shelf, right? Yeah. 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 So. But no, they got options. Like you said, you just saw this battle royal, and you're looking at every name, and you're like, 
oh yeah, that guy's good. Like, what if we just decided, you know what, Ray Phoenix, you're the TNT champion. Right. Huh, I really I'll think sign up for that. Yeah, I really <laughs> think the next month could look a lot different than what we're used to because you think about heading into Double or Nothing. What guys got the most airtime? You've got MJF, who's not currently on TV. CM Punk, not. At least we haven't seen him yet tonight, and he's not going to be wrestling. Adam Cole. I mean, these three guys might have been getting the most airtime of anyone leading into Double or Nothing. Uh, um, and all of them are on the shelf. And Brian here's Danielson. One, here's my one question for you. Do you feel like there is any sort of course correction that you're going to see on Dynamite for the next few weeks involving anybody in the t- upper tier of the card that we wouldn't have seen had we had Punk and Danielson and Cole healthy, ready, taking up the airwaves? Um, Maybe hmm. a pe- Hangman Page heel turn is on delay? Yeah, something like that. Like... If anything, I I think I still I still contend that the story moving forward is that MJF will actually be the babyface out of all this, and Punk will be the heel, and it'll be like an AEW versus XWWE thing. Tony Khan would truly be a genius if yeah. he can turn MJF into a. Baby In which baby. case, I think if we do like an AEW originals versus XWWE, I don't think Hangman turns. I think he aligns with the AEW originals because we call back to that promo before Double or Nothing. It didn't make a lot of sense to a lot of people. Where Paige basically said, like, Punk is a scumbag backstage, although they've never mentioned yeah, it. Yeah, we didn't talk about that promo because we, we had recorded before that Dynamite leading into... The, that that promo was all over the place. Yeah. Where, like, Hangman was trying to get his point across about the thing that we had previewed. Where it's like, I want to be, like, you're taking up... You're just trying to take my spot, yeah. and I've earned my way. But it sort of, like, like ran into circles... Even yeah. Punk said it, where, like, he kept going around in circles about, like, how Punk was, like, not deserving, but he doesn't respect Punk. Yeah, but I'm defending the title punk. from you. Like, yeah, yeah, and it just, like, I, it just, it, there was no clarity, but it didn't hurt the match. Like, no. I, like, the story of the match really told the tale, and some people, they, like, Ricky Steamboat was this way, cut a promo, and eh, pass, <laughs> yeah. but, like, in the ring... Man, he can tell a story. Like, yeah. and you know, maybe Hangman is just better at that. Uh, by the way, uh, COVID must officially be dead because he just drank somebody's beer for the first time, <laughs> and I can't remember how. <laughs> can't get monkeypox from beer, as far as I know. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe you can. We'll find I, out. I, so, um, I work in a I work in a hospital, and so for the first time, uh, we were allowed to take the masks off, like. Throughout, oh, wow. okay. like just walking the halls and stuff. That cool. usually not the case. Um, we finally did it, and I was looking at my coworkers. I did not recognize anyone. <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine if we had wrestling with masks, and then we finally took them off, like right about now, and none of the fans knew who they were? <laughs> right, like who is that guy? It's yeah, Dante like, Martin. Oh, okay. It's like if everyone was pressed in Vance. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god! Where's, where's Dark Order, other than losing to the factory? Yeah, I don't know, man. They, I think, I think once Hangman officially went with like Jurassic Express as his t- as his teammates uh, in a pinch, I think Dark Order officially became uh, fully irrelevant. Uh, which is, I think, it's, a bummer. I think it's bad when Gangrel gets more ring time yeah. than the Dark Order. Yeah. Yeah, oh, uh, by the way, uh, Stoke, Stokely Hathaway and Athena debuted. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep. Uh, <laughs> Stokely, perfect fit. Perfect fit for Stokely. 
Uh, oh, Cade. my God. Uh, for those who don't know, formerly Malcolm Bivens. Mm-hmm. So good on the microphone. So freaking good. Even better on Twitter. <laughs> when he came in for – that was like an instant plug-and-play as Jade Cargill's mouthpiece. Yeah. Like, match made in heaven. Yeah. Uh, the story that Tony Khan told in the media scrum was that Stokely was available literally – like, his 90 days had come up the day before the pay-per-view. Oh, cool. So the first time that Tony Khan met Stokely Hathaway was the day of the show, which just goes to show, like, sometimes there are cases with the ex-WWE guys where it's like Tony starts getting, like, the hearts in his, the hearts in his eyeballs. Right. Uh, right. Maybe it's the oxygen mask going on his eyeballs like MJFs. <laughs> <laughs> you saw that? Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, again, I work in a hospital. I have never seen oxygen on somebody's eyeballs. <laughs> right. Um, so Stokely officially with Jade, uh, which means Smart Rock Sterling is now. This is the Wardlow feud coming out of the. We haven't even mentioned Wardlow. Wardlow just dominated MJF, got his AEW contract, and then uh, the next week he had a match against I can't remember who, but he dominated. It was a random. Yeah, just a random guy. And Smart Rock Sterling came in. He's representing all the security guards that Wardlow has beaten up, and they're they're suing him. I guess that's like a class action lawsuit. And Wardlow you know, responded we, by power bombing someone. <laughs> we talked. We talked about security forces. Um, and so this is a great idea, and we'll find out if Tony Khan truly is listening. Mm-hmm. Um, they need to do an idea where Smart Mark Sterling finds the toughest security guard in America. <laughs> And it's Killer Cross. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's it's the guy from Jerry Springer. Remember that guy, Steve? Steve! <laughs> <laughs> he looks kind of like Killer Cross. <laughs> when he's bald. <laughs> I did see it on Twitter one time. He uh, Killer Cross posted a video of himself, and he was doing an impersonation of Jesse the Body Ventura. Oh, it's spot on. It was fucking... More like, personality I than I'd ever saw my him. Eyes yeah. and I thought I was listening to yeah. It was so good. But, um, yeah, that was a rumor. I don't know. I don't think it's even worth bringing up because it was like a week old. But supposedly they thought they were going to get Killer Cross to do a match against Wardlow. Um, and it and they couldn't make it work. So they wound up getting another guy. Uh, and I think it may have been W. Morrissey. Mm. The other rumor is that W. Morrissey is going to uh, WWE because they liked what they saw when he was in AEW for that one match. Good luck. <laughs> 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 I mean, can you believe that WWE people watch AEW? Like, phew, that blew my mind. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, Smart Mark Sterling had a match at the pay per view at the kickoff. What? Yeah, uh, Hookhausen, the hottest act in all of wrestling. Uh, what'd you think? Of, is that your first Danhausen match that you've seen? Well, I guess technically we saw the Tony Nese match, but uh, what'd you I'm think of Danhausen in action? I'm still waiting to see the first good Danhausen match. <laughs> yeah. I'll just put it that way. Um, yeah, it was just run in the mill where, you know, Tony, Tony Nese was like afraid that Hook gets tagged in. Then he finally gets tagged in and Hook dominates. And that's yeah. it. And then um, Dan Housen calls her the tag, puts his foot on the guy and pins him. <laughs> as over as he is, and he is over. Um, oh, yeah. He's still learning. Like, he's still trying to get the rhythm down. Uh, you want to be this dominant Taz-like Goldberg-like mm-hmm. um, like, um, wrestler who just sort of like shoots through everybody that uh, – that gets put in front of you, but you do want to, um, you do want to try to, uh, figure out how to like get a rhythm. And he hasn't really had matches where he goes back and forth. With I him. actually have a weird complaint about hook. Mm-hmm. I feel like he's almost too fluid to the point that it looks fake. Like his stuff is so fluid. Uh, yeah. 
then it, it looks a little choreographed that, and rehearsed. That's I feel sometimes about Randy Orton, and I mean mm-hmm. that as a compliment. Yeah, same like, here. He yeah. was so naturally good in the ring when he started that when he was, like, snapping into place with all of his stuff and he was, like, a young guy, it was like, oh, no, you're not that good yet. Yep. You know? Yep. But, like, Hook, will he'll get that arm and he'll do, like, the under and the spin to a go-behind right into an overhead suplex. And it's just done in one motion that it almost just looks like, I guess, choreographed. And I mean that, like, in a negative way. But, man, it's just, I don't know, maybe it really is that smooth, but... I don't know. Yeah, like, I, I, I'll say this with Punk, too. He has, like, muscle memory, where mm-hmm. he gets into a certain mode, like, once he gets to, or a certain point of a, a positioning with a guy where it's like, oh, here it comes. Like, yep. and I'm not trying to say he's like, you know what, maybe, would you say it's fair to say he's past his prime? In the ring, yes. Okay. Yeah. I, I mean, mean, look, Michael well, Jordan wasn't jumping from the free throw line in 1998 right but he was still the mvp right i'm the like these guys can go forever but in the room i will say who's way past his prime and to be fair this might be my hot take of the show uh we don't see again in AEW. that's johnny elite johnny oh, is oh, done yeah oh he is rough like if your entire move set is the or your appeal is that you can do death-defying moves and hit them and land on your feet and look amazing and suave. And you, and you can't do any of them. <laughs> fuck them all up. Like, it's time to it's time to hang them up, Johnny. Right. Sorry. Even that, um, going back to the MJF thing, I think it was very well done. And I don't know if it was intentional, but just the way it came off. MJF cuts his promo about ex-WWE guys, begs to be fired. Very next match is Johnny Lee against Miro. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, and the saddest part is it looked like every single John Morrison Rusev match you've ever seen. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That was the saddest part. Miro had another like I, I keep calling it Colonel Kurtz promo from Apocalypse Now with the dark lighting, and he's talking about he had this nice little line where he said something about he he wanted to meet all the punks and all the hangmen. Yeah, and uh, uh and ba- he basically like, look, I'm back, and there's new. There's new big fish in town, and I want to beat them all, and I want to meet my bigger. It was very, it was very in line with all the other promos he was cutting before he, um, before he stepped away, uh, and then he did his um, entrance, but baby face type of uh, reactions and big, big ovation from the crowd. So I wonder if Miro is a baby face now. It could be. Um, catching you up right now. Uh, Hangman Page beat David Finley. Got on the mic, and he called his shot for Forbidden Door. Hangman Page called out Okada, man. Okay. Yeah. Now, Adam Cole is on the mic saying something I don't know, um, so maybe it won't happen, but he said, I want the IWGB title. I want Okada. So, oh, but but Adam Cole's got a problem. Yeah. So it sounds so. like we're going to have a have, have to have a tag team match player, yeah. or we have a match to determine who's going to face Okada yeah. as the as prize. Yeah, like Yes. So I think I'd rather see Hangman there um, just because... Legitimate, legitimately, and I don't want to fanboy out too much, Kazuchika Okada is probably like one of the five greatest wrestlers of the last 20 or 30 years. Oh, yeah, I don't think that's an exaggeration is, at all. That man, that man can have a great match against the laptop computer that I am <laughs> looking at right now. <laughs> he is so great. Mm-hmm. He really, truly is. And him and him and hangman could fucking like go like yeah. yeah that could actually be the main event if you really wanted i mean to talk it. about even if even in a loss like talk about a way to rebound from losing your title like Correct. To go have like a match of the year candidate boom 
done, you know? <laughs> did you did you like Hangman's, like, slow deterioration into this? Like, the very slow go-to-sleep, mm-hmm. like, pose, staring at the title belt, thinking of doing the, uh, the dirty deed while the referee was out. Yeah. I liked how he almost like you could almost see the thought going in his head of like i might do it right. <laughs> and, right. but he didn't he didn't he decided to be noble and got suckered yeah so um yeah I, this format that we're doing where we're kind of doing a live watch is uh bouncing around and so we again thank you guys for sticking with us if you feel like we're ping-ponging everywhere yeah, well God. that's what AEW is you know i feel like we're pretty much in line with if we uh, if we did a recap of everything that happened oh, from double or nothing on it'd be a seven I hour think, show i think the big bang theory would be back on by the time <laughs> we're done talking <laughs> But, yeah. um, uh, and good for thunder rosa finally gets a promo because she didn't get one on the dynamite after double or nothing and the story was she was upset and either said she was sick and left or basically complained to Tony Khan about it. Yeah, she defeated um, uh, Serena Deeb uh, in that match. Um, that was kind of a forgettable one. I don't think it was bad, but it was like a bit lackluster, would you say? A lot of legwork. Yeah. yeah, like there was some really good technical wrestling, which given Serena Deeb's style was not surprising. Um, but yeah, I think you hit the nail on the head when we previewed of, of like Serena can control like the technique, the technical aspect of a match and sort of rein her in. And that's kind of what it felt like. Yeah. And Rosa, like uh, what's that joke in the other guys? Like I'm a peacock. You got to let me fly. Like <laughs> Thunder Rosa never flew in that match. Yeah. 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 Honest. That's a perfect summary summation of it. Like we never really got, it was more of a Serena D match and a Thunder Rosa match. Yeah. So, uh, and we push right to Wardlow. Um, so Wardlow is this, does AEW have a problem with having big time feuds and not good follow-ups? Like, I mean, the Wardlow story with MJF was great and he's apparently going into a feud with security guards. What do you think of that? It depends on who you're coming off of. Like the thing for punk is that he did have one blessing is that he went from hangman from, sorry, he went from MJF to a title feud. Like that. That's hard to that's hard to mess up, right? Like, and, and look, credit to Tony. Like he knew. Look, we can have him wrestle Penta and Dustin Rhodes and do things rigid until we get to double or nothing, which is only two months between. But MJF is the hottest. MJF Punk is the hottest few we got. Once it's over, why don't we just have him go straight to the title? Let's think about other things. Like when Hangman was done with um with um um Omega. He yeah. went to Danielson, which was perfect. But once Danielson was done, he went to Lance Archer. Yeah, and which it was kind of like mm. great match, match yeah. great. Listen, I'm telling you, AEW's matches have almost become like an algorithm of like if you put these two people together, you cannot have a bad match. Right, your bare minimum is four snowflakes. Like right. <laughs> right. it's impossible <laughs> to have a bad match. That's fine. It, it, NXT was like this, but there is but. What else is there? Like, where are we going with it? You know, and it's like, and I bet you that's where MJF and Tony Khan were probably thinking at the same thing at the same time after Warlow was done with uh, MJF. And it's like, okay, now what? And I think this is, I think what Tony is doing right now with MJF is the now what? Like, that's where we're at, but we don't know what it is. I've got closed captioning on. It's sort of interesting. He sounds like he's explaining why he wasn't in the Battle Royal. He's saying, uh... I don't want a championship if I don't pin the champ's shoulders to the mat. In other words, like, I want to win the title from Punk. He says, heal up, champ. Uh, I'll be waiting for you. <laughs> well, remember <laughs> so. remember this. When Punk 
lost to MJF by nefarious means in Chicago. He went up to the stage and says, I want to, I want another match with the guy who beat me. Wardlow. And MJF says, I'm not giving you another match. Punk says, no, I want Wardlow. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, Which was yeah. such a great moment that uh, Wardlow sneaked the ring behind the back that nobody saw. That was, that was really good stuff. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, I will say one back. thing about Wardlow, very small, when he does the, he does he gives him ten power bombs. I thought that was symbolic to the ten lashes. I think that's what that was. Mm-hmm. Um then on the but if you look carefully on the last one, he sort of purses like MJF's head in, tucks it in. I think he was thanking him for putting him over. Mm, yeah. Because he hadn't seen him all day backstage. Or maybe he pulled him in and said, Hey, I read that you book, booked a flight out of here. Is that true? <laughs> <laughs> you think they had like a like a whole like conversation like my dinner with Andre? Yeah, he, he pulled him in. He's like, "Is it a work or what's going on?" Dinner with Maxwell, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> kind of like kind of like Jericho did with him. But uh, yeah, here comes uh, Scorpio Sky, uh, uh, Laker World Champion at uh, Scorpio Sky. Yeah, uh, Genie. Now I guess I guess we're gonna have this match again because they did wrestle, but um, he came out the worst. Uh, like Warlow didn't get it. He didn't win the title. Which right. we agreed with at the time, he shouldn't have won it. Right, I agree. Yeah, and that was because uh, the funny thing. Funny thing is, we didn't want him to go face uh, Sammy Guevara and Sammy get booed. Which well, I think I don't think that's that's much of an issue anymore. That was another <laughs> match on uh, Double or Nothing. Was the mixed tag with uh, Sammy Ty Conti and was it Frankie? And Frankie Kazarian, uh, who on, hate, who didn't get along with either of them. Yeah, yeah. taking on. Uh, Paige Van Zandt in her debut. Um, ugh, she she needs some work. She makes Jade Car- Cargill look pretty ring, seasoned. <laughs> Paige Van Zandt, so, so supposedly she's been trained by Gangrel, which is fine. Gangrel's like a trainer to the stars. You have these weird ones like we always hear about um, A.R. Fox and yeah. A. Steel, Billy Kidman. Mm-hmm. Um, you always hear these weird names, and they wind up becoming like great trainers to like legendary wrestlers down the line. Alpha, and yeah, Alpha. Um, who's that? Who's that dude? Who's that British guy? Uh, who's still uh, Robbie Brookside? Yeah, like you always hear about these people, and uh, Gangrel's one of those who's actually trained a lot of good young wrestlers, and he was helping train Paige Van Sant leading in and Van Zandt I thought in the ring the physically looked okay but she has like high school play level acting skills like she's got to work work on that shit like (laughs) she's almost has to rein it in I mean I'm not not like Marina Shafir Marina Shafir's whole gimmick is no reaction like (laughs) cold-hearted princess uh and whereas like Ty Connie I think in the ring in terms of her uh performative skills is actually pretty good yeah she's not bad like yeah, and I think her, I think her, like her actual like technical skills is okayish. Yeah, I'd but agree. but this whole like Stephanie Triple H thing, I I don't know. Like it just kind of, I just feel like Sammy is being handcuffed. That's all. I agree. Yeah, I mean, I get why they have to kind of position him as a heel because they're not a likable couple. But mm-hmm. man, his move set just screams babyface. Yes, you know, there's a. And just to show how amazing like Guevara's cardio is, there's a there's a spot there in that mix tag you were talking about where they're they do a bunch of moves. Like I think Guevara does a ton of moves, and then Ty Connie goes through some moves with AJ and Sand. And they do a they're supposed to do a spot where Sammy gets distracted because he's making out with Ty. Ty is so exhausted that she can't even like get her tongue out to kiss him. <laughs> and Sammy's like, "What's wrong? What's wrong?" Sammy is so good in the ring, like so smooth, like. Yeah. I just, yep. man, I just like I, I understand why they're doing it. Ty being 
affiliated on television with him, proposing to her on the by the Eiffel Tower. <laughs> like, like yeah. it screams heel. Like on as a character, I get it, but in the ring, his move set. It's Rey Mysterio. Like, yep. he's the kind of guy, like, when you watch his offense, you just want to cheer it. Yeah, I agree. I mean, it's... I don't know what they do, though, because it's... I, I don't think he's going to be getting cheered anytime soon. Like, I mean, maybe maybe just split them. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, people know they're a real-life thing, but they don't have to be an on-air thing. Um, all right, perfect time to keep going with our Double or Nothing review. I mean, I know it's a couple weeks in our back window, but we also had Jade Cargill versus Anna Jay. Uh, yeah, any, that happened. Yeah, how did you say? <laughs> Anything worth mentioning there? I mean, Jade, uh, Just that Hathaway debuted. Yeah, um, yeah. Jade's still a star, but she still hasn't really had a match to write home about. The only thing that was kind of, I guess you could remember, is that Anna Jay, I remember, was associated with Ty Connie, and Ty Connie tried to cheat to beat uh, Jay Cargill, and then Anna Jay tried to cheat to beat Jay Cargill and lost too. So maybe Anna will turn heel eventually. Yeah, yeah. You know. So, but it looks like we're going Jade and Athena uh, for. The- I will say Athena, her enthusiasm just leaks out of the television set. Yeah. Like I think in the ring, because uh, I think she had a match against Kira Hogan on Rampage. Yeah, she did. I I thought she looked good. I love. I've always loved her finisher. Yeah, uh, like the that, flying I, Stone Cold Stunner, basically. <laughs> pretty much. It's called I the O face. The O face. In WWE, they called it Eclipse. Yeah, I think it's called the O face now. <laughs> <laughs> but like her promo that they that he she had on Dynamite, I believe. I thought she was like really like I, she had good energy. She had good characterization down. Yeah, like you could tell she went to promo school. Uh, unlike Paige Van Sant. <laughs> <You know? laughs> Yeah, it's uh, and Jay Cargill uh, is now all blonde, I believe. Yep. Nope. Not, not, yeah. No, no longer with the green hair, so she's blonde. Yeah, still, um, still, still a star. This yeah. was the only thing that was weird. It was weird watching a match where Jay Cargill was the experienced one trying to like lead the way. <laughs> right. That was exactly. the only weird part about that match. Uh, so coming up on Dynamite, we got the Young Bucks saying they're back, and then the Hardys interrupted, and now Jurassic Express have interrupted the interruption. So, once again, the tag champs kind of horning in on other tag feuds. Uh, <laughs> that seems to be their their method of operations. Is uh, uh is Bubba is Bubba Ray Dudley available? <laughs> Wait, is he the one? On, is he Luchasaurus? We we don't know what he looks like under the mask. <laughs> <laughs> well, Bubba Bubba feels like he's six five, 65 million years old. Uh, I, I I did see him on um broken skull session that was actually kind of an interesting interview the one with jeff jarrett was just weird because you could tell him and steve like there was no like he wasn't like steve wasn't even bannering with jeff yeah there was it bad was blood just, with them way back in the day wasn't yeah there? and i know they were saying water under the bridge but i could see through it yeah. i i there was just like nothing there like and jeff i gotta give jeff jarrett credit he is the forrest gump of professional wrestling like <laughs> This man has survived it all and thrives. I don't know how he does it. Right. And I, like he's a guy that I've never I, thought was that good. I guess, I guess Dixie was Jenny. Yeah, right. <laughs> she was the one that he was always in love with that eventually went away and he still wound up being a star. Right. <laughs> I was running, Dixie. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> but um no, seriously, like um I, I want to get off of Jeff Chair. Yeah, but uh, yeah, no, that was an interesting interview, but nothing to write home about. Um, because you know, like they, 
Double or Nothing did feel like an event. Like, it felt like a big thing. The Mm -hmm. only problem is, like, when you have a show that feels big and it's got a big gate and it got a really good buy rate, um, it's like the third highest in the company's history, you want to, like, rally up the troops and make people want to make make a destination event out of it to try to battle with WWE, whatever they have planned for, you know, Money in the Bank and Hell in a Cell. Uh, but God, like, there is a point where it's like, you got to rein in, like, how much time you're giving these people. Right. Like, is an art to how to book a paper. And I think that we talked about earlier with another belt getting added, that's not going to fix that. That's just going to feel like they need to put another match on. Like, there are so many titles, and not everybody has to be on every show, you know? Uh, in fact, I think that's where AEW, like, when we first started doing the show 20 episodes ago, I think what was so interesting about AEW as a company is, like, you could have a guy who's a really hot act come in, have a match. Well, like, uh, uh, Malachi Black, like, he would debut and have this hot match, and then he wouldn't even be on the next show. And that was okay. We got trio... We got trios championships coming. Man. Yeah, I know. We you got know? another belt coming, man. <laughs> so, so the Kansas City, the Kansas City Chiefs offensive line is here. But judging by Patrick Mahomes' pass protection all year, that means that the the all the fans are storming the ring at the end of the show. Is his brother the TikTok <laughs> legend there, Jackson Mahomes? <laughs> I'll never forget when one of the early dynamites when um Jericho was La Champion for the last time on Dynamite, and he said instead of Patrick he they were in the same city they were in Independence Missouri and hmm. instead of Patrick Mahomes he said Patrick he was he was supposed to say Patrick Mahomes is a piece of shit and he called him Aaron Mahomes <laughs> Aaron Mahomes it might be intentional with Jericho who knows look he's not a football fan he told a story that um when they did the first stadium stampede he had to be explained what the rules of football are really he did like he just knew. Look, he's just one of those guys who probably just loves hockey and soccer and baseball. Come and on, he doesn't never... watch the CFL. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or the USFL. Yeah, the USFL. But um, uh, oh wait, oh wait, Jordan, I just got a text. Okay. Oh my God, it's big. Oh no. You ready? Yeah. Tony Khan just announced that we are the AEW podcast champion. Oh my gosh. However. Our first title defense is against Brian Danielson and John Moxley. <laughs> okay, I'm going to let you be the one that spells North-South Connection in blood on your chest. <laughs> <laughs> but I think you have a point. I mean, look, are we going to have a Heritage Championship? Right. Are we going to have a Canadian Championship? Um, are we going to have a Bret Hart Championship? Well, I mean, and they're not actual titles, but Adam Cole and Britt Baker are walking around with belts. Like, yes. they're, they're not titles to be defended, but they're just more belts. Look, Everybody's got real, a belt. I, I get it. I get it. Real men, real men wear pink. It's yeah. just for breast cancer awareness. Pink's an awesome color. Yeah. It doesn't look good on Adam Cole. No, <laughs> no not at all. Not Sometimes at pink all. don't look good on guys. What are your thoughts on Britt Baker? Do you think she's, uh like, do you think we've seen her best? Like, does she need to cool down? I think it's not turn her back, baby face. Yeah, yeah, I think that I think and that. And Jamie might be turns on her and becomes the heel. Yeah, well, there was there was a little bit of fame. shade to that. Like Jamie hit, I don't know if it was Ruby or Sandler. She hit one of them with that Owen belt, and Britt kind of gave her a look like, "What are you doing?" Which I thought was interesting because yes. maybe because like it was her belt. But you know, what would be great if Jamie if Jamie um, turned on Britt and wanted Britt to defend the Owen championship against her. Mm. That'd be a nice little twist. 
But then it becomes another belt. <laughs> but then it becomes another belt that, uh, I guess, well, look, if the, if the Owen Hart Cup Championship is up for grabs, CM Punk is coming back from injury to wrestle Dr. Britt Baker. <laughs> <laughs> so do you, do you think they'll have another Owen Hart Cup next year? And like, do, of course. Do, do, do Paige and Britt have to relinquish those belts? Or like, if they win the tournament next year, do they have two belts? Like, is this a I long eight-year like story? Is this an eight-year storyline like to get Ultimate Dragon? Ring. Yeah, I think, yeah a, I think it's like the Dynamite Diamond Ring. I was thinking we could be like have Adam Cole win the first nine, and he just be Ultimo Dragon. <laughs> and he just has nothing but pink belts. <laughs> nine different shades of pink. But like, yeah, you're like you got a point. Like, don't we have a Ring of Honor television? It's Samoa Joe. Yeah, Samoa Joe is the Ring of Honor television yeah. champion. Like, it's almost like I could like literally like take a bunch of names and i could get a dartboard and i close my eyes and throw it and it'll hit the wall i think we're at the, yeah oh yeah that's the uh that's the AEW mid-atlanta champion <laughs> nobody <laughs> we're at a point where there's only four guys on the roster who aren't a champion right now right so michael nakazawa is one of them <laughs> listen that will probably be the discourse uh the anti-aw discourse you're going to hear for the next two weeks too many belts right too many titles right you know and it's got it's, got it's legit- legitimate yeah i think it's legitimate yeah. Um, and I mean, granted, we are watching this show on mute. Maybe this all Amer- this all Atlantic Championship. Maybe it's a New Japan belt. I don't, I don't know. But it's a lot of AEW wrestlers in, in that bracket. So. Well, think about. Well, let's think about the people that come from Mid Atlantic. I mean, Wahoo McDaniel, Ric Flair, Ricky the Dragon, Steamboat, Greg the Hammer, Valentine. Where's Chad Campbell when you need him? Yeah, <laughs> like, right. there's a couple others I can think of. So maybe they can try to make something out of it. I mean, it makes it look even more stupid that you had uh, David Crockett out there parading around for the TNT Championship back in December. <laughs> and it's like, dude, you weren't even on TNT. Right. <laughs> you, know? right. you were you were better off getting Eric Bischoff to introduce the champion, which actually would have been kind of cool, you know. Yeah. Although, given I think, his comments, I don't know if we're gonna hear. I was gonna say, I think I don't think Bischoff is in a hurry to show up on this AEW. This fucking guy. <laughs> that that dude. For those who didn't see it, it's Tony Khan's rant after Double or Nothing, bitching about people saying CM Punk was not successful. Yeah. Oh my God! It's all time. It yeah. is like. It is like the wrestling version of Alan Iverson's practice. Yeah. Like, it's it's great. They are he who we thought they were. <laughs> <laughs> that is great. <laughs> right. By the way, quick update on the basketball game. The Celtics are whooping the Warriors. They're up 14 in the first quarter. So, not looking good for Golden State uh, game three. I still think Golden State could win this series, but they're going to need uh, Boston to kind of stay cold, really. The, the- the AEW tie-in that I can give you is that they're going to be in Worcester soon. I'm not, I'm not good at geology, so I don't know how close Worcester is to Boston. Mm-hmm. But that's July to seventh, so that's a good ways off from there. I remember. Do you remember this? Remember when they had a SmackDown, and it was in Green Bay, and it was only like a couple blocks away from their victory celebration of winning the Super Bowl. And all the Packer fans just basically walked to SmackDown, and they had like Clay Matthews and all the. All I the think Packer I do remember fans. Clay Matthews being and there. It was just basically a giant Green Bay Packers rally in a in it that was on WWE SmackDown, and I just remember it being having like crazy energy. You know, yeah. sometimes sometimes bumming off of major sporting events or major events in general can be helpful to you depending on the timing. Like, I, I mean, that happened a lot in the late 90s. They would go to a place where 
like a team was in the Super Bowl and the if if Scott Steiner or the Rock or whoever it was just shit all over <laughs> the team. Oh my God, a rain of booze. I oh. will never forget the, the Rock when concert. the Rock made fun of the Kings <laughs> yep. in Sacramento. Sure to come back when the Lakers beat the Kings in May. I mean, that's like an all-time <laughs> line right there, dude. Yeah. Uh, I will say, if they're looking to do that, uh, the Blood and Guts show in Detroit, you're not going to be able to get any successful Detroit sports pops because uh, <laughs> uh, it's the dirt worst around here. <laughs> so throw some of those championships our way, Tony. Give us a couple free belts. <laughs> yeah, because, I mean, well, listen, I, there is competition. You mentioned the finals still intersecting with a lot of different programs. Yeah. And this is the consequence of, like, what happened in 2019 when WWE went big with SmackDown on Fox and yeah. NXT on USA, and then AEW pops up, then AEW adds a second show. It's also then just bad timing. Yeah, bad timing for AEW, There is that... wrestling on every day of the week. You're going to hit um turbulence you're going to run into a show that's going to take your take away your ratings because more people are paying attention to it but i mean listen like network ratings whether it be broadcast or cable they are dissipating look at the ratings for the nba finals they're slightly down mm -hmm. and the reason why maybe is because a lot of people are going over the top and watching it through streaming um out of home or they just they would just rather just Watch it on YouTube literally right after the game is over. I, another thing, why are they starting the games at 9 o'clock at night, man? These games end at 11.30. It. It's ridiculous. And why, why if the the two games are in the two games between are in the same location, right. why are we waiting three two days, days for yeah, them? Two, three, yeah, Not the third cool. day. It's ridiculous. Just, they, the reason they did 2-3-2 two, two format, uh, not to get too off topic, but it is a Thunder Rosa match that went way too long, so it's okay, <laughs> um, is that they did that for the international media so they didn't have to fly around too much. And Adam Silver changed it. Um, 2 2 one, one, one. Back to the old way. Yeah. But they spaced it out um, by basically hurrying up the start of the playoffs by ramming, ramming more games in. Um, but, yeah, I think it hurts ratings because it they're thinking it builds anticipation where the truth is we're an ADHD society now in terms of mass media. People are going to get bored. Yeah. And – if a game, if if more than a day goes by and there's not another NBA Finals game, they're gonna be like, ah, fuck it, I'll watch something else. Right? Yeah, you need to and keep your buzz. Yeah, like I mean, look at, I'm I'm watching TBS. There's commercials for Discovery Plus. Like the merger is official. Like they have officially like merged all of this stuff in, and everything is a giant conglomerate. And you just got to keep. Uh, this is one thing that I do think Netflix is so, somewhat good at. They're good at keeping the wheel turning. Like, mm -hmm. there's always something. Right. We like, had Stranger Things, like, two weeks ago. Mm -hmm. uh, I think Ozark has a season. Uh, there's an Adam Sandler basketball movie coming out, like, this month. Yeah. And AEW had that, has had that problem with, you know, when WWE did their giant bloodletting. Um, my friend, my, my wrestling soulmate, Ryan says he, he laughed about it. He called it uh Nick Khan tasting his blade <laughs> <laughs> where they just bloodlet everybody to the point that Shane McMahon and Stephanie McMahon are on the outs. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not even going there, but yeah. anyways, once they let all those guys, all guys and girls go, which was unfortunate, it, it's an opportunity for AEW to scoop them all up over the last year or two, and some of them are there. Like, yeah. we're looking at Tony Storm, you know, he is there. Swear Strickland is amazingly talented, and some of those people are deserved to get their shot at AEW if they're there, but, like, you can't 
like, where's the room? I'm pretty sure there was an ulterior motive for why they let all those talents go after trying to harbor them in to stay away from AEW, and they realized there's no reason to keep all these people on payroll, and they just started cutting them all at once because they knew AEW wasn't going to afford to keep to sign them all. But goddamn Tony, like, Tony just, like, tried to get them all. I'm actually a little confused. Um, Tony Storm came out, and she wasn't wearing a title belt of any kind, so, like, how come she doesn't have a championship? <laughs> oh, wait, she is the NXT... UK women's champion. I just found that out. Right. Oh, gosh. So uh, I think we're getting close to our main event. I'm going to bring up our notes and we can get into our questions. Is there anything that you think we missed? I mean, we kind of did a different format than normal. Um, anything from the pay-per-view that we didn't hit on? I think we hit most of the big stuff. No, I mean, it was a, yeah. it was a big – I will say it was a big crowd. The energy was there despite how long it was. Yeah. Um, I will say this, though, and I think we said this right after it ended. I thought the Dynamite and Inglewood was yeah. a better show than Double or Nothing. I mean, we both thought it one of the best Dynamites ever. It might like. be. That is a great topic for another day because there's great candidates. Yeah. But that was a fantastic Dynamite. Yeah. Yeah. And because it, it was it, it was a breeze, you know, like um, – mm-hmm. Like you said, that first hour was just on par with any hour that AEW's and, used, and, and the it rating, didn't even have that many ra- shows. Yeah, didn't even have that many say, matches. I will say, when there's hot shows, the ratings show because mm-hmm. that that Raw versus Dynamite 1849 got close, right? And you and you know they have a hot show when the next week WWE comes back with something big, and I don't they I don't know what they really did, but they got a bigger rating than they had in the last few months. Mm-hmm. So, you know, yeah, so. It, it, you know the war continues. That's all. Right. Um, by the way, here's one thing I, I wanted to spend a second on. Uh, Dante Martin had a pretty decent t- TNT title match. Uh, did you see Dante Martin's promo uh, where he called out for a match? Dante Martin, as good as he is in was the he, ring, was that's he wearing how ba- a championship belt? Because if not, I wasn't paying attention. Uh, yeah, I think he's the champion of bad promos. <laughs> <laughs> as, I did see that. I did see that Wardlow is booked in the next Dynamite to wrestle plaintiffs. <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny because Donald Trump has been fighting those people for two years. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Is Mike Lindell going to save Wardlow? <laughs> Start hitting him with pillows and stuff? It's called a class action elimination match. I can't even. I can't even. The my Pillow Championship match is, on, <laughs> is up for grabs. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, man. But, uh, yeah, let's get to our questions. I love this. This is okay. one of my favorite parts of the show where we kind of shoot the breeze a little bit. Let me scroll down to it. Uh, so we talked earlier, Tony Khan purposely changed up the Double or Nothing card to, he didn't want his big matches. What I heard was that he wanted Hangman and Punk headed to the ring after Game 7 was done. He didn't want anyone switching. So And there was no overtime, so right, yeah. Right, and I mean, that was not a great game anyways. But No, it wasn't. Uh, I think the Heat were awarded a championship anyways <laughs> by Tony Khan. <laughs> Uh, it was the, it was the at least you tried of right. <laughs> so since that's how Tony booked that, he didn't want you to have to decide. Andrew, can you name a situation in your fandom where he had to choose between watching a wrestling event or skipping it to watch a significant sporting event or TV show? Okay, there's a ton of them, especially in recent years, because we talk about how wrestling's on all the time now. Yeah, especially big events. Yeah. Um, but I remember one very very specifically in my childhood. So over the the Edge 1998 was the one that had the main event of Steve Austin and Dude Love that everybody loves. Yeah, yeah. Where it was Vince's the ring. That's where Undertaker that, comes back, right? Yes, and mm-hmm. I wrote an article about this for PlaceToBeNation.com. That was the 
fir- that was the same time that the Chicago Bulls faced the Indiana Pacers in Game Seven of the '98 Eastern Conference Finals, when Gosh. the Bulls and the when Jordan's Bulls never went to a Game Seven. Yep, that might and be the, the only Game Seven he had. Well, the maybe the were Knicks up by, by seven or eight in the fourth quarter. Yeah, like did, there was a moment where you thought the Pacers were going to beat them. Did he ever go to yeah. seven against the Knicks, or was it always six? He did '92. Okay, and okay. then they went seven in '94, but Jordan wasn't there. Yeah, Jordan, and then Knicks and then, won that one. But yeah, they did go seven, and he went seven with the Pistons in 1990 when they lost mm-hmm. uh, before they went on their run. But yeah, it happened a few times, but I remember that specifically because that was an enormous game, and the ratings showed. If you look at the ratings for Bulls-Pacers Game 7, it's like all-time great. Yeah. Austin, enormous pay-per-view, too, though. Yes, but, but that's what I'm trying to say, Jordan. Like, Austin and Dude Love, that's one of their best buy rates, best gates. It was in Milwaukee. Yeah. Like, they had... They had like that impact to the gills for that show. It's okay. Like you can have your cake and eat it too. Yep. I know that I know that sensibilities have changed and what you know, like basically there's a lot of overlap and everybody wants to be the top trending thing on Twitter, so nobody wants to be on at the same time and everything. I get that. But I do remember that specifically. I watched I'll never forget this. I ran I was in my grandmother's house because my grandmother had the best scramble vision. Her <laughs> bedroom <laughs> I was in my grandmother's bedroom watching Over the Edge 1998, and I'd run to the other TV down the hall and watch Game 7 of the Chicago Bulls and the Indiana Pacers like I was on ADHD just running around, and my grandmother is in the living room playing cards. <laughs> moment. Um, I also remember when WWE purposely put their main event for a 2016 pay-per-view on with AJ, um, Dean Ambrose, what happened to that guy, and um, mm-hmm. John Cena. And it was because the Hillary Trump debate was about to come on. Mm. And that got a mega rating. So wow. they didn't fight against it. So they put it on first. I remember that. Wow. WWE Hall of Famer, Donald Trump, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Tony should sign him. <laughs> Did you have any? You know, I was trying to think. I don't have as good a memory like you do in that stuff. I can think of. I can't think of times where I had to choose between sports and wrestling, but I can think of times where I had to choose between, like, events. Like, I remember one time uh, when I was in high school, my parents were, like, the youth directors at church, so if they had any youth events, I had to go to them, which Mm -hmm. normally I didn't have a problem with. Like, I had friends and stuff, like, in there. But there was one time, it was uh, Hogwild 96 was on, and we had a Mm -hmm. canoe trip, and I'm like, I tried everything. I faked sick. I did everything because I just wanted to watch wrestling. And they made me go. I had a driver's license, so I drove. Uh, me and my buddy got in the canoe. We like, <laughs> we might have set a world record for canoe speed. I don't know. We went so freaking fast to get it done, turned our canoes in, and left everybody else behind just so we could get home to watch Hogwild. We missed like the first two matches. So <laughs> that's oh one that came God. to mind. Uh, I also remember in 1992, I had. A, I had a basketball game, not a game like of watching, uh, on the same day as the Royal Rumble, which is Flair's Royal Rumble win, and I was so oh God. yeah, I was so <laughs> upset because one, I wasn't a good basketball player; two, our team wasn't good, and I did not want to go. But my parents were like, "You're on the team; you support your team." Blah blah. blah. And I was so mad that I had to miss the Royal Rumble. Um, oh to man, to go get spanked by 25 points by, by other sixth big, graders when know? it came to the big monday night war things um i i i was able to block out time as a kid to to 
to watch them all and not be a yeah. problem. Once you get to college, you lose interest a little bit. You don't care as much, and you can tape the show or whatever and stuff like that. But um, the only other one I remember that was really odd was that I was on a, a, a Catholic school retreat in um, a, a small hick town where we drank egg water. <laughs> what? And, uh, I'm telling you, we drank egg water, lemonade what is egg, egg water. water. Egg water is when um, you uh, it's it's hard to explain like why the water tastes like that, but it's basically like bad badly filtered water. Oh, gross! And it tastes it literally tastes like the water that you have left in the pan when you boil it. So an something egg. like with the pipes, maybe. Maybe yeah, and yeah. they 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 it tasted like that, and you and they like made lemonade water. I thought <laughs> I was in Jonestown. <laughs> And uh, that was the night of the Survivor Series Deadly Game. Oh, okay. I, we had no internet. I desperately wanted to know if The Rock won it. You're like, he this did. is my, I'm playing my Deadly Game right here with this water. <laughs> and I think you told me a story up previously on the show that you were snuck into a summer camp to watch Goldberg and Hogan. Yep, yep. In the I counselor's cabin, one. yeah. <laughs> and then me turning off my refrigerator so I could power my TV to watch all out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and I stayed up till 4 a.m. after my fantasy football drafts, watch the right. same show. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, I think every fan has had that ultimate choice, like, oh, what do I got to do? For me personally, though, I usually go with sports just because I don't mind watching wrestling a couple hours later, even the next day. And I don't even mind getting spoiled in wrestling that much. Me Whereas, neither. like, sports, if I know who wins, I'm kind of going to be like, eh, why do I need mm-hmm. to watch? You know, so I, I guess I'd rather watch sports live that, yeah that's me. like you're telling me the Celt- the celtics are blowing out the warriors i'm less likely to watch it right yeah it, it's, super- that's why i that's my theory of why in the last 20 years all the super bowls are closed i'm not saying they're rigged wink wink but it is weird that all the super bowls seem to be super competitive yeah uh no pun intended like in the last 10 to 20 years because that drives the ratings if you're in the fourth quarter and it's not a blowout you're going to want to watch it. Right. You know? Yeah. I mean, so many Super Bowls of our childhood were just like... Terrible! Yeah, when Montana was there. Oh, my God. There, Maybe like, over in the fucking halftime. Yeah, Joe Montana and the Cow- the Cowboys, they just killed... Uh, I think it was the Bills. The Cowboys just slaughtered them. Like The NFC won easily for so many years. <laughs> yep. The like, Giants so many and the Redskins and the Cowboys mm-hmm. and the it, Niners. The time started to turn where the games were actually legitimately close once like we got into the mid-2000s. Yeah. And yeah, we've had stinkers. Like... Sure. Broncos Panthers was a stinker. The Seahawks uh, blowing out the Broncos. The one, one just a couple years ever. ago. The Rams Patriots. I think it was close, but it was a horrible game. That, that game never happened. Yeah, <laughs> right. Thirteen three. I think Saints, was the final score. The Saints played the Patriots. Everybody knows that. Oh, okay. Yeah, they won. <laughs> <laughs> um, but let's go to our next question. Uh, TNT champion Scorpio Sky has started calling his purple gold belt Genie, which we mentioned earlier. Uh, we presume since it's purple and gold that it's an um, homage to uh, Genie Bus, owner of the Lakers. Uh, Scorpio Sky is from L.A. Uh, Andrew, have you ever owned an inanimate object that you adored so much that you gave it a pet name? I'm looking at it right now. It's my Google Chromebook. I have called it Chromie. <laughs> I gave it a pet name. Okay. I... I We've always named our cars, um, <laughs> like, uh, our car right now, I think is named Luna. Like my wife more does that than me, but like, I know what, I know what the car's names are. Like, uh, our car right now does is named have, Luna. Does it have phony, like, veins painted on the side of the car? <laughs> like Luna Vachon? No, but we, instead of headlights, we painted giant eyeballs on it like the Disney movie cars. 
it's really dangerous at night, but we're all in on it. <laughs> oh, what's the other car's name? Oh, Lightning McQueen. <laughs> Lightning <Mayor>. McQueen. <laughs> oh, our other oh. car's name. Our other. Um, gosh, what were some of our other cars' names? Uh, one was called Smokey, even though it didn't smoke. If it smoked, that would probably be a horrible name. To, uh, uh, when our son was very, very little, he named our blue car Bluey, so he wasn't very creative, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> but, yeah, we named our cars. Um, I was trying to think of other stuff uh, that I had. Yeah, I couldn't think of too many others. Yeah, yeah. And, I mean, we could go a little, you know, PG with that answer as well. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, Here's another question. <laughs> I think I think I inspired this one. So we saw the ace of New Japan Pro Wrestling, Hiroshi Tanahashi, show up on Dynamite, which was shocking. Would it be just as shocking or more depressing if another ace showed up, Johnny Ace? <laughs> <laughs> Look, Johnny Ace was a stud in all Japan, man. Oh yeah, I mean, he he invented the diamond the cutter crusher. slash yeah, yeah the ace crusher like became the diamond cutter became the RKO which. I still think it might be one of the most popular moves of all time. Like I will give credit to Frankie Kazarian. He does a slingshot ace crusher, and it looks beautiful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He did one on Scorpio Sky that looked. Like I remember, looked like perfect. in my peak nerd, peak wrestling nerd, uh, like having discussions on the difference between a RKO and a diamond cutter, and like yeah, R- there is a difference. Yeah, like the 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 diamond cutter. The way is it's like hooked. Front, yeah, it's like a front face lock or a front chin lock that drops. Uh, yeah, so interesting, interesting. But uh, yeah, like uh, if it was Johnny Hayes, I mean, <laughs> that is, so if we would have Team Teddy versus Team Johnny again, so that'd be oh Teddy man, honestly though, up. think about it. Punk is the one that called him out. What if Johnny Ace came out to settle the score against Punk? Because <laughs> Johnny Ace was integral in the summer of Punk. <laughs> yeah, is it? Well, wait a minute. Isn't Brian Danielson his son-in-law? Uh because he married yeah, Nikki and Brie so. Bella's mom. Yeah. Oh. Wow. Okay. It's all in the family. So now, so it's it'll be a custody battle between uh, <laughs> Johnny Ace and Brian Danielson's true father, William Regal. I think we just, <laughs> think we just found the plot to wrestling with my family too. <laughs> Speaking of which, Vince Vaughn was ringside, and he was the character in fighting with my family that trained. Uh, the Paige character. Um, mm-hmm. does, so does that mean that Paige is going to be all elite, Andrew? You know, Soraya did tease that because there was she's really she had a big Twitch channel, oh. and when that thing happened a couple years ago, where they were trying to take away the income for the Twitch people. Oh yeah. Um, she was pissed, and so I think she that's rightfully so too. Screw yeah. That, well, they man. didn't want them to use her WWE name, so she had to change it to Soraya, and she was kind of teasing it. And then there's these been rumors about how she might come back to the ring. The thing at the end of the day for WWE, and I will give them credit for this one, Fighting With My Family is actually a very good movie. I've heard that. I've never seen it, but I've heard it. It was directed good. by Stephen Merchant, who did The Office, yep. and um, uh, God, I think, what was that other show he did? I think it was called uh, Extras. And um, he's really, he's legitimately funny. And Florence Pugh, what a find. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know where, I don't know who cast her, as Paige, but I mean, she's turned into a mega super duper star now, and she was just a perfect fit. Did a great job. Vince Vaughn played the trainer. He's just randomly there on Dynamite, um, and 
You know, the thing about Vince Vaughn, I remember seeing him in the end zone and before an LSU game. I think he just likes being around like big, people. big events. Yeah. 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 Right. Uh, you want to hear a really funny story? Well, not really funny, but a funny anecdote. Um, I don't watch WWE anymore, but I like I read the news and I listen to some. I listen to like review of Raw and stuff, so I have a decent idea of what's going on. I know that a lot of people have been getting name changes. Mm-hmm. Uh, I pl- the one thing I do with WWE still is I play WWE SuperCard, which is like a mobile game. It's like a phone game. Mm-hmm. I've been playing it for years, and I know when guys na- change get their names changed based off SuperCard. Like I just learned that LA Knight. Got his name changed because the name on the cards in the game changed to like Max Dupree or something like yeah, that. Yeah, does Max Dupree? Does he do the French tickler as well? <laughs> yeah, right. There's so many like, it's so bizarre how many people have had their names changed. Like, like Raquel Gonzalez was mm-hmm. changed to Raquel Rodriguez. Like, what? Right. Like, what's wrong with Raquel Gonzalez? Right. And uh, one of the, oh gosh. Not Angel, not Angel Garza. Is it Umberto? Car- Umberto Carrillo. Yeah, one of them got their name changed, and I only know they this were. Because they of are now Los Lotharios. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Santos Escobar, I think he changed his name too. Uh, okay, so, <laughs> it's so goofy. Like, uh, I was just thinking about how I, I had to, I had to tell you a secret. I watched the Takeover show that they just had. Oh, what was the main event? Was it Robert it Baker against? Fun- Breaker versus um, Joe Gacy, the woke guy. Oh, okay. <laughs> and it was weird. It was mystical. Like, like Joe Gacy has, like, hooded figures who follow him around everywhere and do his bidding. Oh, that's stupid. And Braun Breaker, <laughs> Braun Breaker was, like, intimidated by Joe Gacy's weird... Were they Joey and- Ryan's penis druids? <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Uh, let's get back to our questions. Uh, Macaulay Culkin I do was... like I do like the fact that Kyle O'Reilly was in the bulldog in the choke, and he got to the ropes by biting it. That's yeah, you're gonna have to tell me I've how this. Seen that. Yeah, you're gonna have to tell me how this match ends because my YouTube TV app just crashed, and I reopened it, and Dynamite is nowhere to be found. I don't. Okay. I don't know where. Well, it went. it's it's still going, but John Moxley's got the advantage, and we have got about three minutes left, and Moxley's putting the elbows in now. Okay, but. But Moxley got Kyle O'Reilly in a in a guillotine, a standing guillotine, and Kyle O'Reilly bit the middle rope to break up the, the submission hole. <laughs> and Moxley got so pissed that he kicked the middle rope while Kyle O'Reilly was still Ew. fighting it with his teeth. Gross. Oh my god! Wow. Yeah, I bet you this match is good. I haven't really been watching it. Um, I, I've got it minimized, but still on my phone. Okay, I got it back now. Finally. Uh, last weekend, Dynamite, Macaulay Culkin was seen ringside. Uh, is he being recruited by Freddie Prinze, uh, Freddie Prince Jr.? And if so, uh, Freddie Prince, who's trying to start a wrestling company, mm-hmm. who do you think he should sign? Wyndham Rotunda. Yeah, I mean, I think he's the biggest name out there. That's, I think uh, he wants to go with a Lucha Underground-esque type of character thing. Yeah. Like a Gaiju. What's that thing called? Big Bite Gaiju? Oh, uh, Kaiju Big Battle? Yeah, Kaiju Big Battle. I think that's what battle. he wants to go for. Yeah. I think that's what he wants to go for. A Lucha Underground was such an interesting show, man. Like, I mean, Because Mark Burnett produced it, and they had tons of – they had a big budget behind yeah, it. Yeah, we talked about uh, Jeff Cobb earlier. He was the Monster Matanza. Who was, I didn't know that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he was Matanza. He was a really good character. I remember Sexy Star. The problem with Sexy Star and why nobody sees her anymore is because she legit broke somebody's arm out of spite and mm-hmm. got black. 
Yep, just kind of went into business for herself. And but I don't think that was on Lucha Underground though. But she was a big. No, it wasn't. Yeah. That was in AAA or some other promotion uh, like down the line. Yeah. But yeah, amazing stuff. It was on Netflix for a little while. Yeah, yeah. Uh, great show if you can track it but down. What name would you like? Say anybody. Like who would you say? So besides him, uh, like going by free agents, right? Like not like oh, uh, Randy Orton, like. Free yeah. agents, right? Like, uh, um, like uh, relevant ones, like ones that could actually plausibly happen. Yeah. Um, let me think of who's out there. Uh, because I would think the fiend would be one too. Um, gosh, I don't really know. It feels like a lot of these guys are signed. Like Jeff Jarrett. <laughs> no, I was trying to think of like maybe who's an older name that would still like could be like your I don't know let me think and come back well why not have a go at the rock man you're a Hollywood guy see if you can mm-hmm. get the rock involved why not uh, Jeff Hardy they have a relationship yeah I mean if you're letting me pick guys that are already signed by another company I think I think if you can get Brian Danielson as the cornerstone of your company you do it like mm-hmm. he, he's pro wrestling to me that's so, your guy yeah yeah, yeah. so uh, hey, judging by the we don't know what to do nature of them both, uh, with uh, with uh, MJF and the interim title and CM Punk, and then the very real stuff with Sasha and Naomi, what are we going to see first, the AW interim champion crowned or the WWE Women's Tag Team Championship uh, be resolved? <laughs> I, I think, think the interim champion is going to happen first. <laughs> I was about to say, I think the former. Yeah. Uh, I think the I think the women's tag team titles are dead. Yeah, it's funny because they announced a new tournament. And I think they they realized like. Oh shoot! We only have one team, <laughs> <laughs> and they canceled the tournament. Yeah. Like it's Dewdrop and Nikki Ash, the only team we have left. <laughs> uh, meanwhile, we're watching. I, I know we're kind of jacking for it, but like awesome fighting spirit moment here between uh, Kor and uh, Moxley right here as they're getting to the finishing touches of this. It cool. looks like they're going into overtime. Good shining moment for Kyle. Not O'Reilly. the Celtics and the Warriors. They're not going to overtime. Yeah, yeah we talked I, about. We talked about this several episodes back, how AEW kind of borrows from the Japan style of guys that they have a future mapped out for will lose matches. That's the bulldog. He's got it synced in. Yeah. He might have to tap. I think Kyle O'Reilly in a a main event here, even in a loss, can can still uh, come out of it looking really good. I mean, look, the guy is beating Darby Allin and Jungle Boy. Right. And Moxley doesn't lose anybody. Moxley doesn't lose anyone. No, he doesn't. He even and, pinned Danielson you know, at the pay-per-view, didn't he? And, you know, now that we can talk about it openly, um, and we can talk about a lot going into Forbidden, that's the paradigm shift. He speaked him. That's it. And they now we talked about how he never really got that moment. He did have a great promo after Revolution 2020, before in the before times, where he was like, God, I love this shit. And he seemed like legitimately jazzed to be their champion. And he did the whole title reign in front of no one, and it yeah. sucked. Yeah. And this is the second chance. And you know, yeah, I think he's better now than he was then. Oh God, he's in great shape. Yeah, he's in great shape. You know, and he's still doing GCW, which he loves to do. Mm-hmm. You know, he loves that deathmatch stuff. Um, I would love to see him beat um the winner Tadahashi Goto. You know. Yep. Yeah. So I've got uh, Dynamite in a couple of weeks. GCW is also coming to back to Detroit. I shouldn't say coming to Detroit. They come here every like three months or so. Uh, mm-hmm. And I just I I need to like 
get a news alert or something because <laughs> I always find out the week of, and the only thing left is standing room only, and I'm too short and fat to give I standing room only. Andrew, <laughs> I'm not going to stand up for three hours and see nothing and be in in pain. I will say that the there is something different about the interim champ that's like flashing in the background is that it has like a two triangles. Is this the Illuminati championship? <laughs> Are the is wait a minute. Is the Blackpool Combat Club actually a member of the Bricklayers? Wait, is this who Trump was trying to warn us about all along? Are they the <laughs> fake news media? Tony Khan? Maybe they always had that on the uh, the original belt, and it was just a redo, but it was weird. It had, like, a diamond shape on it. Hmm. Weird. Yeah, I didn't catch it. I'll have to go back and look. Uh, a couple more questions before we get off the air here tonight. I thought this was a fun little experiment where we live watch a dynamite together. Probably won't be doing it every couple weeks, but, you know. Yeah. We thought this this could be a pretty big deal, and now we do know that John Moxley's going to Forbidden Door to face, likely, Hiroshi Tanahashi for the interim title. And if... Uh, I think if Hangman Page is facing Okada for the IWGP title, that, means, Mo- that means Moxley will win the AEW interim title. Um, yeah, 50-50 booking. Because, yeah. listen, it's a co-promoted event. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you can't have AEW win all the matches. Can't do that. Correct. Agreed. So. Um, okay. Who gave, <laughs> who gave the better performance of a man trying to leave Las Vegas? Nicholas Cage, the Wolfpack from The Hangover, or MJF? <laughs> I don't think in leaving Las Vegas, Nicolas Cage won an Oscar for that. I don't think he actually left. I think he died. <laughs> yeah, and really, the Wolfpack, they they were stuck in Las Vegas. They find uh, yeah, they had a, they they had like was they Alan? Had the, no, they Alan had was Tiger. Yeah, yeah, Alan was the one that they had to. Alan was uh, the Zach Galifianakis character. Who was the wrestling equivalent of Zach Galifianakis? Um, Eugene. <laughs> You're so sure with that answer and so quick with it, too. It's like you thought about this before. (laughs) Here's a perfect, perfect one, because as we were talking earlier, I thought of my answer. So during the Anarchy in the Arena match, something we didn't talk about, they played Wild Thing the entire time. What did you think of that, by the way? Loved it. Okay. Uh, Flashback to New Jack in ECW, when New Jack would have... Uh, Natural Born Killers play the entire time. What is the worst possible wrestling theme that can play as house music through the entirety of a wrestling match? Uh, <laughs> I liked your answers, which were... Well, I'll let you... What were your answers? American Males. Yeah. American <laughs> Males. American, American Males. <laughs> and then, this is very innocuous. When Rob Conway <laughs> yeah, got repackaged so as a suave bachelor, they had this really bad music that sounded like Randy Newman, who does the Toy Story song. <laughs> Just <laughs> look at me. <laughs> kind of like Louis Armstrong. Yeah. It's so bad. I mean, it was just so bad. And I could just hear that, like, that crooning music just playing throughout the match as Jericho just gets the shit kicked out of my <laughs> Just look at me. Just look at me and kick you in the face. <laughs> What okay. did you think of Danielson in that match going on? Like, loudly, I'm going to kick his fucking head in. I have I have two more suggestions. Okay. Okay. Uh, Moxley stands up, face good in blood. Primo! <laughs> or, as Eddie Kingston comes out with a ga- can of gasoline, the song kicks in, get up off your feet. 
Put your hands together. Ben Morris, you're listening. You know where I'm going. Staying along with three count. <laughs> we like the Backstreet Boys. It's thing too. And then as he pours a gasoline on Brad, Britney Spears is kind <laughs> of <laughs> Oh, man. Actually, I think I like that. And then right when the pinfall happens. One, two, three. <laughs> that would mean the match is only like a minute long right because that's how long the theme was remember when tank abbott was doing it with him yes and he like cut his nipples out of his shirt who do you think was who do you think was uh more of a scumbag lou perlman or tank abbott <sighs> tank I abbott i think it's lou perlman man. okay okay <laughs> that dude was a a true piece of he shit he was the one that um they had the show making the band he was on that too wasn't he yes he was yeah Mm, ugh, gross. That was uh, 98 Degrees, I think. Yes. Okay, cool. That's who, okay, that's that's who Freddie Prince Jr. should sign. Three count. Because <laughs> <laughs> that's kind of like his time frame, right? <laughs> like That's when Freddie Prince yep. was like, and she's at. Oh, that's what he should, he should, okay. He should sign like a average looking female wrestler, but she wears glasses. And when he did, but she takes her glasses off and he realizes she was actually hot the whole time. Maybe they should do the alternate universe thing that we had talked about. So, like, whatever whatever person is available at this point, like, say Dolph Ziggler, they run one. Dolph Ziggler is the WWE champion. (laughs) (laughs) And he, like, runs rough shot through, like, every every other wrestler. And it's not the actual wrestlers. It's people portraying the wrestlers. Uh, Okay, I got... I got, I got another question. Well, okay. you actually wrote this one. <laughs> if we get a three-way match between Chris Jericho, Luchasaurus, and Anthony Bowens, should the match be b- billed as the wizard versus the lizard versus the scissor? <laughs> <laughs> and could they get a celebrity cameo with Eddie Izzard? That's, that's what I wonder. Is and it? then if you put in Wyndham Rotunda, which I think Tony Khan just signed anyway, uh, it'd be versus the buzzard. Yeah. <laughs> The wizard versus the lizard versus the scissors versus the buzzard, officiated by Eddie Izzard. <laughs> On scissor. <laughs> Isn't that the Street Profits, the ones with the scissor? I think so, yeah. They want all the smoke and they want all the promethazine with codeine, too. <laughs> <laughs> That's what it is! That's what scissor is! Yeah, it is. Um, I actually know someone whose kid claimed that they... They came home and said, man, I, I drank that. I'm really, really high, Mom. And we, they found out like that he didn't actually have codeine. He just drank like cough syrup that didn't have codeine in it. <laughs> they have they have high school kids now that drink so much. So Mucinex DM has a drug called dextromethorphan. That's the DM. Mm-hmm. If you dr- They figured out if you drink enough of it, you can hallucinate. Oh, my gosh. So they would overdose drink? on dextromethorphan, which is for coughing. <laughs> They also would drink hand sanitizer and snort bath salts. Hmm. Our nation is in good hands. I can see why they should be able to buy guns when they graduate high school. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Major Guns. That's who Freddie Prince Jr. should sign. (laughs) Major Guns. The only woman that I remember who got put on the injured list because her boob exploded. I'm surprised I'm that hasn't happened. To implant exploded. It also happened to Scarlet, uh, Scarlet Boudreaux, Scarlet uh, Killer Cross Scarlet. Crosses she was Crosses. doing a match, and her her boot her implant blew up. Wow, that's a different mm-hmm. different definition of blown up. 
All right, let's get one more question and we can get out of okay. here for the night. Uh, two Major League Baseball players got into a physical altercation over their fantasy team. First of all, fantasy baseball. Ugh. Uh, as a longtime expert in the rotisserie sports, have I ever been a part of a group where fantasy sports nearly led to fisticuffs? No, but only because all the heated uh, things happened via text. I think if the these guys would have been in the room together, I think we, we would have had some fights in our fantasy football league. Actually, just last season. Fantasy where the trash talk on the chat got so bad that you almost threw your phone. Yeah. Well, last season we had two guys. We've we've had a league with like we're in, we're going into like year nine with our core. It's just mm-hmm. a ten person league, and like seven of us have been in the league this whole time. And last year we had two guys quit. One guy was there from the start, and he brought in a friend who we all knew. Um, but there's just some suspect trades over the years between the two of them. And it came to a head last season where this big trade went down and we felt like one guy was always getting the the best of it. And it got vetoed and all hell broke loose. So you kicked him out like Edge got kicked out of his (laughs) The thing is, we didn't actually kick him out because the season was going. I'm like, we can't kick anybody in the middle of the season. That'll ruin it. They quit like in week five. And so they just quit. Uh, so they, we, they pulled Sasha Naomi. Right, exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Or an MGM. We'll if we quit and we're the champs, you can never take it away from yeah, us. In, in our group chat, they both sent photographs of plane tickets. <laughs> 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 you know, with DFS now, especially with younger kids, a.k.a. the degenerates, there's probably more of that, like, where people literally will fight each other over a bad beat. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I mean, talking about degenerates. I mean, our our very own boss here, Mr. Justin Rosero. I'm a, I'm part of a private chat uh, where people just post their gambling uh, wins and losses. Oh wow! And Justin's not one, but there are some people who bet on everything. And listen, some of them are really good, mm-hmm. but it, it's still just. Uh, they got balls that I don't have. George, I didn't even know what the word parlay meant until about a year ago. That's how bad I, that's how I, I knew it was a pirate term. <laughs> I would literally go to the casinos for March Madness, and someone literally had to mansplain me how to do bets. Right. Like, right. I am one of the – I am the Art Donovan at the King of the Ring of Sports. I just started getting into <laughs> Who's that like, guy? Yeah. <laughs> how much does he weigh? Well, here in Michigan, it just became, like, legal last year. So, like, of course, in Mississippi, duel, so. it's legal. It just became legal in Louisiana. Yeah. Yeah. So I started doing some, like, stuff. But I don't I, – I hate spreads, man. Like, I just want to be, like, I think this team's going to win. Not they're going to win will by say, five points. When I win with my friend Ryan, when a big parlay hits, it's the best fucking feeling. Oh, yeah. Oh. You're on cloud nine for about an hour. Yeah. Yeah. And it's all gone in a few weeks. Right. <laughs> exactly. So, But, yeah, I mean, uh, I think we had a pretty eventful show tonight. Uh, now that we have a little bit more uh, clarity over the CM Punk situation, it looks like John Mox is going to be our interim champion, which means uh, coming back we'll get Punk Mox, which, hey, I, I don't mind that at all. Um, and that's assuming that Punk comes back sooner rather than later, like, Mox might have to have a three, four month reign with this thing. Mm-hmm. You know, what's to say that MJF doesn't beat him and then Punk comes back and then get it depends. Yeah, know. but remember, what if MJF comes back and he's awarded the Bret Hart championship? That's true. And then Adam Cole is the Owen Hart championship, so we have to have a four way yeah. with a belt in every corner. So <laughs> Cole's will be pink, the AW one's black, MJF's is Burberry. <laughs> so, but yeah, I think that. I think that Mox is a pretty good choice if you don't want to do MJF right now because if you still want to get to that MJF 
thing, and I still believe that's the end game here. And MJF you can give him the it. run with in front of fans that he never got. Right. Listen, what's the best? What's one of the? We just saw it. What's one of the best parts about Dynamite? That entrance when Wild Thing yep. runs and he is running through that crowd, and the crowd's going fucking crazy. That's the best part every time. So you give Let Mox, him have that moment yeah, as the champion. You give Mox an appreciation run, and I think it makes sense too because kind of keying into this whole story, it's this. Uh, MJF had a problem with ex-WWE guys, and Moxley is one of the most successful ones there, and he doesn't lose very often, so... Would you consider him, like, say you go to the Wikipedia page, would he be considered a two-time champion? Like, I, this kind of goes all the way back to the interim topic stuff, but um, I guess you could call him a champion. Yeah, I think, I think so. He'd um, be the first two-time champion if that happens. Yeah, that's true. In three years, not bad. Not bad mm-hmm. at all. Interesting enough, I think Scorpio Sky is the first nine-time TNT champion. <laughs> <laughs> He's becoming the twenty-four-seven title at this point. Yeah. So, but yeah. Uh, so I mean, we've got a, a lot to look forward to. You know, we'll be back in a couple weeks. So let's see. That'll be the week before I'm there uh, live. And uh, I think next our next episode will probably be our Forbidden Door preview, huh? Yeah, we'll be coming off of Road Rager, yeah, uh, which is in Missouri, and then we're they're gonna hit up. Uh, before Chicago, I think they're going to be in Milwaukee, aren't they? Uh, yeah, because Steve Willie's going to both Dynamite and Forbidden Door. So. That was one of their most successful shows. That was that was the first Dynamite where Punk debuted, where Punk was there because he debuted on a Rampage, yeah. and then he showed up in Milwaukee, and that got a really big rating. So we'll see if they try to pull out all the stops for the Milwaukee show. Well, with your, then we go into the United Center for Forbidden. You Door. know, with your permission, then why don't I uh, reach out to our good friend Steve, see if he wants to make this a trio next episode, and uh, we do a little preview of Forbidden Door, and he tell us what he's looking forward to seeing oh. in person. Oh shit! Hold, on. I just got a text. Oh no. We are the first trios champions. Yes, finally. Our first title defense is Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks. Oh, I, I ain't laying down for those guys. <laughs> <laughs> we'll be like Jeff Hardy. I'll be like, I have both of my boots on. <laughs> I'll be like when Matt Hardy got like that concussion from falling off that step that, that off that scissor lift on the cement, but it's just for for being gassed from walking to the ring. I'll be like Matt. Remember when Matt Hardy had that? This is so off topic, but fuck it. When they had that scramble match, and he got the, the idea is that the last person with the pinfall or or submission is the winner, and it's twenty oh, yeah, minutes yeah. allotted. Remember when he got the first pinfall and he spent the rest of the match just making sure no one else got a pinfall. Yeah, that's a, I thought that was a defense. fun. I thought that was a fun. That was concept. smart. That's yeah. the best strategy you could. That'd be me in a trios match. Right. <laughs> no moves, just defense. Man, we haven't seen we haven't seen that match. Uh, format in a long time. Somebody should because Mike Adamly created it. That's oh. why. There you go. It's so an he, Adam special. Did he create it for Jeff Harvey? <laughs> <laughs> so, all right. Well, cool, man. Uh, I guess uh, we could say goodbye to our friends. Uh, Twenty episodes in, man. We're we're coming up on a year, dude. Twelve more episodes, or no? Six and it more feels like more. It feels like more is going on, not yeah, less. It really does. Like sometimes yeah. when you get in deep into a show, it feels like it's whittling down, and you're kind of like ironing out everything that's going. On. Not a dog. <laughs> you it, text like, me. 
you text me like every three days. We're gonna have a lot to talk about. <laughs> like it's like like the little portals that they're trying to do for Forbidden Door to like play off of Doctor Strange. That's what it feels like. Yeah, it's it like really does. Portals are opening and people are running in. Well, like I turn around, I'm doing the recording of the show. Oh fuck, that's Will Ospreay. Yeah. <laughs> like it's like it's just like every single week, man. Is this like AEW? Is this Phase Four of the AEW Universe Galaxy? I'm yeah, sorry, the AEW Galaxy. I think we're in Phase Seven. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's something we should look at. Maybe, maybe if we have like a down week, which we never will, we can figure out what phase we're in here. So, in but, life, I'm in the last phase of my life. I'm gonna be forty at the end of this. Month. I'm forty-two right now, man. I'm Jackie Robinson age. Remember what Cody said on that Steve Austin show? He said. It was funny, too. I think it was a slight at Punk. He said, and I actually agree with him. He said 35 to 42 is a wrestler's prime. CM Punk is 43 years old. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know if that was a coincidence. But I do agree with him. I do think once you reach your 40s, you're not done. But, boy, it's hard to hit your peak. Well, I mean, a guy we haven't even talked about is Sting because he hasn't been on. Like, Sting is used perfectly because he's not used every week. Like, yeah. By the way, when when punk, when MJF said about uh, top draws, he said he was second. I think Sting is number one. Okay. Yeah, that was a question I meant to ask I, that you had in the question. No, yeah, but I think it's just privy to now. I think Sting is number one. You don't think I it's think Punk? A, nope. I think it, I think Sting's the top draw. Okay. I don't know. I'm trying to think if there's anyone else. Hangman, maybe. Yeah, I don't maybe. think so because Hangman's had some downers. Maybe Chris Danielson. Jericho. I wouldn't say Danielson because he's out there for too long. So. Jeff Inevitably. Hardy. Yeah, but I would think long-term is probably what MJF, man. Hardy's only been there a couple the weeks. The House of Black, I mean, they need more time, man. Mm-hmm. Brian Pillman. <laughs> <laughs> Senior? He's still alive? He's back? <laughs> he's, he's bigger draw than his kids still Look, right now. He might be channeling what MJF He might have been working us the whole time. Oh my he might not be dead. Hang on, my phone's going wild. Oh, Tony Uh-oh. Khan's texting me. Wow, they just announced the winner of the Brian Pillman Memorial Cup. It wasn't even his kid, it was Julia Hart. I thought you were going somewhere else with that. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, so let's get out of here. I and mean, We'll see you guys in a couple weeks where we're talking about Forbidden Door. We'll see who's knocked that door down and hopefully have a more fleshed out card for that show. Andrew and myself, thank you for joining us.
Honest honey afternoon 